0: It's time to add some spice to your nooner. Nooner. (laughs) Funny. This is the place where big-time guests, bold opinions, and little cute doggies come together. This, this is Rothman and Ice.
1: All right, rock and roll here on a Wednesday. Rothman and Ice, Anthony Rothman, Maddie Ice Hayes, CB in his worn saddle, wearing his new bathing suit. We are brought to you by your Pella window and door showroom on Gemini Parkway. Before we begin, Maddie and I, I've made some prognostications on the air before. Um, I'll pat myself on the back that years and years ago before uh, you guys were even a part of this radio station, I did say the way to end Tebow Mania was for the Broncos to go after Peyton Manning. Um, that clip is rolling around here somewhere. That, that would be probably a claim to fame, but a very close second is yesterday me saying to CB that he jumped on the Google machine to find out that stat for us about uh, what Wheeler was averaging at Penn State. And I said, while he was doing that, he probably was also searching for his new bathing suit. And then during the break, he said, hey, how'd you know about the bathing suit? I go, "What what are you talking about? He's like, I actually went online this weekend and bought a bathing suit. So that's not possible. It's like Kramer raising his little hand in class. Hey, how do you know about the guy in the park? Uh is that is that hitting you as strangely as it hit me yesterday that of all the things I could have said he was shopping for, I said bathing suit and he actually was shopping for one.
2: You're locked in, man. You're absolutely locked in. Locked it's into impressive. what? His inseam? Like that's a, no good. It's impressive. Who knows what C B is gonna roll out there right. this weekend? I'm sure he's got a few different options. I'm sure when we get, you know, deep into the afternoon, he's had a few adult pops, maybe the lime green mm. speedo will come out. You never know with C B, man. He's a man of many secrets. He's a man of the people. He's gonna give the people what they want
1: oh, out there on wow. the
3: boat. Wow. Gosh, does that have to
2: be that big?
1: I don't know. I really don't know. How you feeling, my
2: man? I'm good, man. You mentioned uh, rockin' and rolling. I mean, yeah. I was rocking and rolling last night. You talk about an amazing <laughs> sports night last night. Like, this is it for me. Like, I'm loving where we are right now in the sports world. I can't ask for more. Had some baseball going mm-hmm. on with the Reds and Indians, and you had some late-night basketball going down with both L.A. teams. But my goodness, if you guys have not watched Luka Doncic play mm-hmm. basketball, the young 22-year-old superstar in the making, giving the business. To Kawhi Leonard and Paul George and this touted wing defense that they have, yada, yada, yada. He's a superstar and it's evolving right in front of our eyes. So that was it for me, man. Watching that dude give them 39 7 and mm. 7 and steal two wins on the road against LA and the Clippers tanked their last couple games of the season to avoid the Lakers side right. of the bracket. And Lucas saying, uh-uh, you guys are getting away with that. You guys got to deal with me. It's incredible to see this guy pay off on all the hype since he was brought over uh, from overseas. And now he's one of the faces of the league, man. If you haven't watched this guy, lock in eventually at some point throughout the playoffs because this
1: dude is the truth. Don't you think that there's motivation? I, I don't know if he's talked about it. But when you just said the Clippers gave away their games at the end of the regular season to avoid that early matchup with the Lakers, um, has he commented on that? He has it, AR, but you remember last year when we were talking about the playoffs and
2: specifically with the Clippers and them doing some dirty stuff and stepping on his ankle and all yeah. of that oh, yeah. stuff. So this is very personal for him. It's very personal and I'm sure, you know, him seeing them avoid that side of the bracket to play him wasn't anything that made him happy, and he's giving him that work right now. So this is a great little rivalry that's brewing, and I know it's a late night game for sure, but please try to check out this dude, man. It is worth a watch. Some people giving him the young Larry Bird label with his ability to shoot from deep and all that. The dude 6'8 could shoot from anywhere. Amazing vision handles. He's
1: got it all, man. He really does. He does. He's he's a fun watch. Uh, I'm glad you brought that up. I I actually watched the Laker game and there's something about i gotta, I got to get deeper into the playoffs before I, I truly care. I, there's something about, and the weird part is that this should have been in my DNA. My dad's favorite sport is basketball. Favorite sport. Played it for hours. You know, Certainly we played it as kids, but we didn't gravitate to it. But he played, even even now, I told you this, there are two things he asked me. What are you having for dinner? And who's on tonight? Mm-hmm. And where, what channel? Give me the games. Give me the NBA games. He can't get enough of them. And, I mean, his favorite movie could be on, I don't know, Turner Classic Movies, and in NBA, a, a playoff game or even a regular season game would take precedent over that. Yeah. But I, I can't watch it because I just can't get into the lack of defense. Like, I saw AD on a pick-and-roll last night. How is it possible, man, that size gets to walk from the perimeter under the basket and wait to get handed the basketball in the playoffs? How, how does a breakdown like that happen in the pros? Like, I don't understand it. Now, what made up for that is LeBron up one with three minutes to go and that fade away and AD putting in 30-10-5 and, and then LeBron hitting a clutch three. They would say, okay, that's the NBA. That's the NBA. The guys can shoot from anywhere. Uh, they can flip the switch like nobody else. But the, it's the lack of attention to defense. You would never see that in a college game. Now, maybe because we don't have the talent everywhere to be able to, you know, to be exploited. Making, yeah. yeah, and the yeah. shot making. So you can play defense differently. And that's what probably experts would tell me. But it's almost like you're in, you're in the fourth quarter, and you get a guy that's able to literally walk from the three-point line in, under the circle and wait for the basketball.
2: I'll say this. I think it's not just the NBA. I think it's... All sports leagues. Mm-hmm. Look at all of your sports league. Offense is dominating every single one. Yeah. It's what sells. Yeah. Hockey has opened up to more of an offensive game now. Baseball, the home runs are through the roof. The strikeout rate is through the roof. Football now is such heavily leaned towards the quarterback and the offensive playmakers. I just think that's where we are. And the Lakers have been the number one defensive team in the league and they've held the, they held mm-hmm. them to 102 last night and below 100 in the game before. So there are certain teams that will provide some some defense out there for you. But I just think that's where we are in sports in general, man. I really do. Because that's what everyone wants to see. Kids want to sit down and watch offense and high flying teams get up and down the ice or the field or the court or whatever it may be. And I think leagues know that now. So I think they've catered some of their rules to the mm-hmm. offensive side of whatever, you know, puck or ball yeah. that you're using. I just think that's where we are, man. And I hear you. There's people out there that like to see some of those grinded out games and games that come down to. One hundred three to one hundred one, or ninety eight to ninety three. I get it. I like seeing those every once in a while. I just don't know how we fix it, man. Because I think these commissioners are looking around, saying we're getting people to lock in when everybody's putting points on the board.
1: I'm not saying I don't like seeing that. Like I said, LeBron's fadeaway. You know how much we loved watching Mike and some of these guys, what they can do with the basketball, and even Luca, obviously. But there's uh, there's something that that gets me. In the fourth quarter of a playoff game, when you have a defensive meltdown to the point where I mean, in the pros that I don't, I can't understand the way you know. And maybe it's about overplaying talent, and you have to. Uh, but how does a guy like that get lost? I'm okay with unsung heroes and guys that spot up and they get hot, and that's part of the game. And you're right, a 120, a 130, 125 game is normal now. It's absolutely normal. I'm not saying I want to see ugly basketball. And constant screening and, and great defense. But it's the meltdowns where... And then the other time where you'll see, you know, even on the Friday night game, and I can't remember whether it was... I think it was Morant. I think it was the Friday night game we talked about. And then maybe somebody fell on the other end and they're slow to get up, jogging back. And then some dude gets the ball at the three-point line. He literally is, almost, is too open. Um, and they've got about five or six seconds. No one jumps out. It's a, it's a weird sport for me now. Um, I'll get into it once we get a little deeper in when, when there's a lot more meaning. But I agree with you. Guys like Luka Doncic, and watching LeBron in his late, you know, his his swan song, very end of his, his back end of his whatever prime you want to say. I mean, he's still a, a serious threat. But uh, but I did watch that game last night because there was a lot of hype and I think everyone got it right. They knew They knew the Lakers were going to jump back. Like, yesterday all I heard was, Okay, there are death taxes and the Lakers winning last night. And I I, I bought into it. You knew that was going to happen, right? So yeah,
2: I mean okay. they did this a couple times last year in the playoffs. They lost game 1s. We've seen this throughout LeBron's career whether it's in Cleveland, Miami, you follow his team, they lose game 1s and they bounce back. But Phoenix has been the better team all year. They've been the 2 seed. Look, LeBron's probably still not a 100% healthy, but they were up against it a little bit, no doubt on the road mm-hmm. and they responded. So they're the champs and you got to knock them out. But um you know, I just think right now where the sport is, man, I just think the, the talent is so crazy. Yeah. It's through the roof and it's even starting before, with kids, man. And I I think that's why Steph Curry has changed the game. He has completely changed the game because there's Mm -hmm. dudes playing AAU ball, there are kids in fifth and sixth grade that are focusing on that, and we're seeing that transition. And even a guy like you mentioned, and Anthony Davis, a seven-footer, with his offensive skill Mm -hmm. set, you drop that dude into the 90s, he's a unicorn, right? Like those dudes weren't around. So it's just a completely different world uh, where we are. Like I said, it ain't just the NBA. It's sports in general where offense is the thing.
1: Uh, we'll have a lot to get to today. Of course, we'll have Shefty on at 12.33 for his normal Wednesday visit. Uh, we'll talk Bengals OTAs with Dave Lapham in the second hour. Howard Griffith, BTN, will stop by in the third hour. So we got you all covered with college and pro and all the news uh, the NFL wants to make. we got some dudes that may be indirectly joining Aaron Rodgers' mm. little stay-away party. We'll get to that. And what's Roger's up to? Well, he's got a plan for the summer, and it has nothing to do with football. <laughs> That's out there. And maybe we've miscalculated. Maybe after seeing his Hawaiian videos and the shirtless hiking yes. and him hanging out with another actor and his girlfriend and his actress girlfriend, and maybe there's a there's a feel that, that yeah. Hollywood is calling and he can live the simple life and, and just hang it all up. Maybe I've miscalculated. You know, he's hanging out with my
2: guy, Miles Teller, the actor you I mentioned. didn't from, know
1: who that was uh, until I looked it up, and then as soon as I saw his face, I said War Dogs.
2: Yeah, well, right? and soon, and as soon as I saw his face, I said Project X, okay. which is a movie, a very cheap movie <laughs> that you know I love, which is just a crazy movie, and it's over. That That's who he's kicking it with. Did you see the announcement today, though? AR uh, on I, from oh, TNT. Oh, we're going to
1: tease. Oh, okay. okay. Gonna, that's a teaser. In okay. the biz, all right. Uh, you talking about the uh, the little the, f- the Fab the, yeah. foursome, the quad, the foursome? Yes, okay. uh, absolutely. Yeah. I'll let
2: you tease that. I'll let yeah. you hold up your professionalism. Well, that's
1: bad. that's kind of where I was headed with okay. his summer is has a plan, but it has nothing to do with football. Right, right. We'll get to that. Another non-football star weighs in on Tebow mania. Will it work or not? We'll let you know who that is. And then, of course, uh, the Packers. Uh, You and I may want to try out soon Or at least maybe show up to OTAs Maybe get some points for that We'll come back, we're off and running Rothman
0: and Ice on the fan Man and Bone have a simple philosophy for their show Talk some sports, have some laughs And get very fat Common Man and T-Bone
4: Weekdays at 3
0: The Fan They're both former athletes For a reason, good thing they can talk sports You're listening to Rothman and Ice All
1: right, welcome back in Uh, Aaron Rodgers hanging out, serenading his new wife or fiance in Hawaii with the guitar. Um, A friend of his, I don't know if it was the actor friend, uh, face down in the sand, trying to churn down the sand, uh, face full of grit until he bounced into something and then bounced right back up. I don't know if you've seen that video, but they're having a good time out there, Uh, Aaron, uh, sucking it in for the picture, um, shirtless near the waterfall. Wait, how do you know, suck it in? You can just tell. That's what everyone does. Oh all right, God, suck dude. it in. Um, and then we get this announcement that they're going to be doing another clash with uh, celebrities and the golfers and all that. And I guess it's going to be, and let me bring it back up again, um... Uh, you know what, here's the weird thing about it. I loved watching that and I had asked CB before the show. Now who won that last year? Was it was it Manning and Tiger or was it Brady and Phil? Like who won it? I I didn't remember. That's how much I, you know, I like watching it but I don't remember. So who did win it last year?
3: I uh, I thought Tiger and Manning won
1: it by like a stroke. All right. But we don't have that confirmed. We don't know for sure. <laughs> I don't remember. That's how much I care about these. They're they're fun and for bragging rights and all that. Um, but then we have this one that Aaron Rodgers is in now. So you're going to get Mickelson and Brady against Bryson DeChambeau and Aaron Rodgers. Mm. Big time in Big Sky. Moonlight Basin, Big Sky, Montana. Now, never played out there. Uh, I'd have to have Bo squire me around yeah, out sure there. You, you I'm know. sure he's he's got access to every sure. club imaginable out there. Of course, there. Bo we're talking about. And it's a, I think it's a ski facility and a big resort village out there. And I, I pulled up the golf course just to see. And I don't know. if I assume this is, says Moonlight Basin. So this has to be it. And I'm reading about, okay, you got these massive elevation changes from, you know, the first tee to the fairway and all this. Then I see a 777-yard 17th. Come on. Yes, it says another plummeting fairway makes a mockery of the mammoth yardage on this par 5. So you're getting that, that, you know, the downhill carry. So, And remember, this is how high above sea level. This is going to be crazy. Uh, So if this is it, if it's it's the Jack Nicklaus signature course, which means that Jack personally put his own touch on this course, he's got the touch. He's got the power. Nicholas did a great job routing this course around the best mountain views he could find. All in all, I counted 14 to 18 holes, maximizing the best views imaginable, and the other four holes were facing different locations. Um, all right, so there you go. So, yeah. course which plays about 8,000 yards from the tips with an elevation of about 8,000 feet, which equates to an extra 14% distance off of your normal distances. Hmm. And then there are a whole bunch of like straight downhill holes, which means you'll need a, a calculator, which Bryson will have to figure out some of the distances. The mad scientist, yeah, the mad scientist will be there. Now, did I hear Reese in the update prior to the show say the very punchable Bryson DeChambeau? He's on Team Brooks. I Ooh, think I, I heard. That. I I, 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 I heard it, and I want to. I, I hope Reese isn't covering the memorial. <sighs> like. <laughs> He just said, I'd like to punch Bryson DeChambeau. We could set this up. We for might be able reason. to set it up. You get one shot, and he gets one. Uh. Okay, I mean, Kimbo Slice style. Right. Just take
2: it to the streets, just straight knuckle just, fight. Just like, casually wait, dropped it
1: in, too. Kimbo
2: Slice. No, I miss that. If Eric's yeah. dunking on Bryson, then yeah. okay, I kind of respect it. I kind of respect it a little bit, and that's what we said yesterday. Bryson's not for everybody. He ain't for everybody. He can irk some people, not just Brooks Kepka. but I'm in on this. It's yeah. always fun to have this in the middle of summer there, uh, July 6th, right around the holiday window and all of that. And Why isn't we-
1: it on the holiday, Maddie? It wasn't last year it was on the holiday? I don't remember. Like this uh, is on a Tuesday. Every, okay. a I, rando obviously Tuesday. it's at night because it's out west, right? So yeah. you can play primetime at night. So that that so it's on TNT, so you're right. It must be a night tournament or night match. That'll be great on Tuesday night. I'm not mad. At it. Yeah. Did
2: you see the tweet Tom Brady dropped to this thing? He said two old guys against the young bucks Phil with Phil Mickelson, Bryson De- DeChambeau, better get used to laying up because we know Aaron Rodgers isn't <laughs> going for it. Now, I got to ask you this. Mm-hmm. Is this a dig at what happened in the NFC Championship game? Because we talk so much about Aaron Rodgers in that play where a lot of people thought he should have ran and mm-hmm. went in. That
1: was third down. He should have. But run. what happened after
2: it. that was LaFleur not going for it. Is that what he's referring
1: to? I think that's what he's referring to. That's great, then. Yeah, Because that wasn't his decision to not go for it. (laughs) I love that. That was him feeding the beast that is Rodgers' anti-Packer stance. I love it. I love it. But I'm glad you brought up what what was driving me up a wall during that game, and that was the fact that it's – okay, let me bring you back. It was – they were down eight with about – Two, a little over two minutes to go. So you still have a two-minute warning. Um, and the Packers had all three timeouts left. So they had three timeouts plus the two-minute warning. And it was third and goal at the eight. And the Red Sea parted for Aaron Rodgers on that play. And there's no question in my mind that he blew it by not running. He got past the contain. He broke contain. There was nobody right of the hash that could really get him and instead he saw a receiver squatting down over the middle right over the line which a lot you know which by the way the receiver I don't remember who it was did have position he certainly had position with Rodgers precision you would think that okay that's a simple throw for me to make and I'll make it and it got you know a buccaneer came in and knocked it away and that was it but so now you're at you got the two minute warning and three timeouts. You got four timeouts, essentially, and you're down eight. So as you know, they kicked it. And the rest is history. You and I both thought, okay, don't take the ball out of his hands. Just come back and, <laughs> go, and, for and go for it. Yeah. And they didn't, but that's definitely what he meant. <laughs> okay. I Absolutely. Love I love that from Tom
2: Brady. Yeah. And speaking of wide receivers. Did Mm -hmm. you see what went down at OTAs yesterday? It was reported Mm -hmm. from ESPN that Devontae Adams, Alan Lazard, Marquez Mm -hmm. Valdez-Scantling, Equinemius St. Brown, and Devin Funches were not there at Tuesday's practice. So outside of the rookie that they just drafted in Amari Rogers from Clemson, he was the one (laughs) receiver, one Mm -hmm. of their top receivers that showed up yesterday. And I can't help but think this is... The wide receivers stick it up for their guy. Like I can't look at this any other way. When you have the guys that are obviously directly affected um, by the quarterback not showing up for OTAs, that's a message to the organization. Now, how long these guys hold out, and whether this you know they really dig in when it gets to mandatory minicamp and all that in a couple weeks, we'll see. But I think they're sticking up for their guy. Ar,
1: no question. I mean, voluntary is voluntary. But when you hear the coach say, you always want as many guys there that want to be there. And there are some chemistry things that happen. Um, Chemistry, as LaFleur said, very important to winning and losing in this league. And I agree with that. I mean, talent certainly above all. But you do want to try to form some chemistry and bonding as early as you can. The fact that the receivers no-showed, the ones that matter, I guess, um, it helps the dudes that are trying to impress. I mean, practices aren't, aren't full speed, but you know, this is like the old, you know, team player or non-team player. And I, I agree with you. I think it's an absolute signal that uh, we want our guy there. Until he's there, that we're not going to show up to stuff that we don't have to man that isn't mandatory.
2: Yeah, and yeah. and I think it's a message also to the organization that they need to fix the relationship, fix the relationship because these guys are probably also looking around and saying, "Man, we're so close, or we've been so close to getting to the to the Super Bowl." And you were just highlighting what went down in that NFC Championship game. Tom Brady was throwing up gifts in that mm-hmm. game. Like history will always remember that season for the Bucks and Tom Brady winning another Super Bowl. But that thing got real sticky if you were a Tampa Bay fan because Tom Brady wasn't as sharp as, as we've seen Tom. Brady throughout his career. So these guys are probably looking around and saying, you guys got to fix this drama. I don't care what it takes. I know you guys flew out to the left coast and try to make it right, but you got to keep swinging at this because without Aaron Rodgers in the mix, Nobody knows what Jordan Love is going to be. I have no clue what that's going to look like, but I would have to imagine it's a severe drop-off from where they are right now because the guy just won the MVP talking about Aaron Rodgers, and I don't think Jordan Love is going to step into the starting role and become an MVP of the league or even get close to where they've been over the last couple seasons where they've won 13 games apiece. So it's on Murphy. It's on Goody. It's on those guys now. Like This has to get ironed out, and if it doesn't, then it looks like other guys in that locker room are going to be riding mm-hmm. out with number twelve.
1: <clears throat> By the way, your boy Funches, get in there. Like you're not allowed. To, you're not allowed to jump in on the anti-Rodgers. You just got there. Come on, man, get in there. How many passes have you caught in the last couple of years? As <laughs> many as me. Probably. Get in there. All right, we'll have Shefty in here next. We'll ask him about the uh, the percentage how he feels, Roger's appearance on Center, and what it all means next. Rothman and Ice on the fan.
0: Your home of the Buckeyes, Jackets, NFL, Major League Baseball, and pretty much everything you can shake a stick at. What? It's a saying. The fan. NFL Playbook with ESPN's Adam Schefter.
1: He's the senior NFL insider for ESPN. He's the one and only Adam Schefter, and he joins us now on the Bryant Heating Coin Systems fan guest hotline. Shefty, good to have you.
5: Hello there, Anthony, Matty Ice, how are we doing
1: today? Well, well, thank you. Hopefully you are as well. We want to talk to you about Aaron Rodgers. Of course, he made the appearance with Kenny Mayne, which was uh, had a lot of fun moments to it. Um, certainly, we didn't get the down and dirty on, you know, can it be fixable in your mind? We got a lot of like big words like philosophy and culture, and um, I don't know if philosophy can be fixed or changed, but w- give me your takeaway. Did it confirm anything that you didn't know? Did... Are you leaning a different way? What What did you take from it?
5: <laughs> well, I would just say that, obviously, that was not going to be the sit-down interview you were getting on Kenny Mayne's last appearance on SportsCenter. He obviously had Aaron on as one of his friends, one of his close friends, uh, to say goodbye. It's inevitable that it would come up. It did come up. I think that uh, Aaron spent about as much time as he wanted on that particular subject. I, I thought he... I thought he just basically validated everything without saying much of anything, right? I mean, uh, it would have been very simple to say something like, eh, this is overblown, there's no issues, you know, I'm going to be... There was none of that. Yeah, I mean, I think it was more notable for what you didn't hear than what you did hear. And so, uh, to me, it's just validated that he has issues. Um, he does not want to be there. And I don't know how he's going to handle that in the end. I don't know whether he'll show up. I don't think he'll show up for mandatory minicamp on June 8th. I I think the question will be, will he be there for the start of the the regular season? Will he be there for the start of the uh, training camp? Those are the more pertinent questions that we don't have answers to right now.
2: All right, Shefty, I want to hit you up on the other superstar that's soaking up a lot of the headlines right now in the league, and that's Julio Jones. From what you understand, who are some of the teams that are you know highest on acquiring a Julio Jones right now? I think you start with a
5: couple of different areas. I think the first place you look is the NFC West, um, and I think that there'll be multiple NFC West teams interested in seeing if they can acquire Julio Jones. I don't know that ultimately any of them will, but I believe that multiple NFC West teams will be interested and will talk, if they haven't already, to the Atlanta Falcons. I think the Tennessee Titans are an obvious landing spot. They have a need that was created when Corey Davis left in free agency. And Can you imagine Corey Davis uh, going there and then Julio Jones filling his spot and playing with A.J. Brown? Julio Jones, A.J. Brown? Good luck covering that duo, right? So... Uh, those would be some places I'd look at right away, the NFC West, Tennessee, and it'll be a question of who is offering Atlanta the best value in return.
1: What did you think of the actual appearance? Do you think he believed that Shannon just called him personally off the air and was just trying to kind of joke around with him and he didn't think he was live?
5: I don't know that, but that would that was my... Watching it, if it was different and they want to correct that, uh, you know, I'm all ears, like if they had an arrangement, but it certainly sounded like Shannon was calling one of his friends, which Julio is, and he put on Julio, and um, Julio didn't realize exactly that he was going to be on the air uh, at that point in time. And, you know, that listen, Shannon Sharp, I've known him since the early 90s, unbelievable player, loved the guy, was my favorite player to cover. You know, as a journalist, I you know, again, I think that when when you're doing things like that, I think you have to, I think you have to um, clearly state your intentions and identify what you're doing. Um, I mean, look, I I don't think it'll happen, but, you know, Sharp could face misdemeanor charge in California for violating the California Penal Code Section 632, Mm -hmm. which uh, essentially uh, means that the person would have to acknowledge the call is being aired or recorded before it was, and... Uh, it didn't sound to me like Julio did, but maybe I have it wrong.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Wild stuff, man. I, absolutely. You know, Shifty here at our neck of the Woods will obviously be keeping track on, you know, how Joe, Joe Burrow's doing with his rehab process. But I think the football world, a lot of eyes are going to be on Dallas and, and what's going on with Dak. What's, yeah. what's the latest with him and where he is as he tries to work his way back to uh, full health?
5: Well, Dak Prescott told Sage Steele that if they had a game today, like he felt like he could play. And so I think two of the biggest storylines of the offseason going into the season are the returns of Dak Prescott and Joe Burrow. Uh, Both guys are on track to be back uh, last week. Uh, Dr. Neil Elitrosh, the doctor that performed the surgery on Joe Burrow, that's helped during his rehab, he he told me it's, quote-unquote, all systems go for the regular season opener in September against the Vikings. So Joe Burrow's on track. Dak Prescott's on track. And that's great news for both
1: their teams because they're two great young quarterbacks. Speaking of quarterbacks, uh, there was a story out today, I think out in the Bay Area, that that Jimmy Garoppolo uh, hinted that he considered requesting a trade, but he decided to just go out there and ball. Um, What are you sensing the Niners feel is now on on Jimmy G and Trey Lance and how fast they will want to move on to their, their big draft pick?
5: What I would say is this, that whenever a team drafts a young quarterback, uh, they always say and they always want to keep him on the bench uh, as long as they can. Like Jacksonville, we know Trevor Lawrence is going to step in right away. New York, we know Zach Wilson is going to step in right away. But in the place where there is a quarterback, you hear it time and time again, oh, we, we want to play the veteran and bring along the rookie slowly. And then inevitably what happens is team X loses a game, uh, Quarterback at Team X has a multi-pick game. Fans get itchy and start clamoring for the quarterback. Hysteria grows. <laughs> Pressure rises. And in my mind, more often than not, it seems like these teams turn to these quarterbacks sooner than they were planning to. It just feels like that. It's just a generalization on my part, right? Like, yeah, the Rams were going to play Jared Goff until they were, and the Bears weren't going to tr- play Mitchell Trubisky until they were. Like, the only team that I could think that really held off in recent memory was the Kansas City Chiefs with Patrick Mahomes, and that's because Alex Smith is playing so well. Now, if the 49ers go into the season and Jimmy Garoppolo is playing at the Alex Smith level, they'll keep Trey Lance on the bench that, That's what they love. The issue arises, if and when, Jimmy Garoppolo struggles, the team loses, Then you could say you want to keep your guy on the bench all you want. The reality is, are you going to follow it through and actually do
2: that? Always interesting, man. That's for sure. I want to stay with San Francisco with it because, as you know, Shefty, we keep up with the Buckeyes here when they go on to the NFL. And and I saw yesterday maybe an injury for San Francisco in their running back room could create an opening for former Buckeye and Trey Sermon. Uh, What's going on with their running back and Jeff Wilson?
5: Well, he got his out for a while. Look, the fact of the matter is, I, I can tell you this. The 49ers draft a running back. That means they really like him. Okay? That that means that he's going to be given a chance because basically you've got a situation where Bobby Turner is the running back's coach. Um, go back and look at all the running backs that they've drafted, okay? It's a long history. Almost all of them have been given a chance at some point in time. Um, and so when, when they use a high pick on a guy like that, he's going to get a chance whether Jeff Wilson's healthy or not. And so... Uh, if Trey Sermon shows up, does what he's supposed to, does the work he's supposed to, plays the way he's supposed to, he's going to get a chance to be a, a real workhorse there. And we'll see whether or not that happens.
1: They're going to fly you out to cover the match in Montana? Rod, I mean, the story's Rogers. It'll still be brewing in, the, in July 6th. I think you've got to be there.
5: Hey, you know what? I, I, I'd love to see that. Um, I mean, that, that, that's, that's fun. Uh, Kevin Clark was a great writer um, for the ringer. Uh, he tweeted out a short time ago. He said if they wanted maximum drama, they should have gone with Brooks Kepka and Aaron Rodgers against Bryson DeChambeau and Brian I But that was pretty funny.
1: <laughs> they could have, but would those dudes have agreed to do it? They may have bailed, right? They could only do it with with who's willing to play. And and here's the thing, Maddie and I, we don't want that thing put to bed so soon. We got to bleed this out a little bit. We got to get that to the U.S. Open. We got, you know, we don't want those guys to make up. That's bad for golf. Yeah.
5: <laughs> That was that was an incredible video with Brooks Koepka and Bryson DeChambeau. That was pretty wild. Yeah, it, it
1: was wild. Real quick,
2: Chef, because real quick before we get you out of here, I want to go back to Kenny Mayne. You, you worked with that guy for a long time. He's, he seems very entertaining. He seems like a good dude. Any moment that will stick with you involving Kenny Mayne, any story that he loved talking about when it comes to Kenny Mayne, what's going to stick with you most about
5: working with a guy like that? Wait, he's just, you know, he thinks outside the box. He's, he's not a conventional guy he does things different. His approach is different. He thinks different. Um, he's always been like that. He is incredibly unique in the way he does his job and the way he lives his life. And, um, you know, he'll, he's, he's a legend there. And, you know, it, look, his walk off question to Aaron Rodgers typifies the kind of guy he is. Like who would end their their interview with Aaron Rodgers in that way? That, that was classic Kenny Maine. Cause he, he just doesn't think like you or I, um, so that's the kind of guy he's been. I'm sure there's more great things ahead for him. Um, I salute him on an incredible run at ESPN. Uh, he was always the face of the network at the sales up front that they would run in New York City, appealing to advertisers. And, and he was always, like, stepping out and just entertaining like a comedian, like a different kind of guy that he was. And, and he's, a, he's a, a brilliant guy, and he'll be missed.
1: All right. You we won't hold, You don't have to one-up him when, you know, three decades from now, maybe you retire. You, you do not have to one-up him, but you could start thinking about it now if you want to plan your send-off interview. You, want hey, to you one-
5: know what? I'll probably, I'll probably be, uh, you know, clamoring for the interview of Arch Manning, you know, uh, the uh, freshman <laughs> high school quarterback <laughs> right now. And, uh, you know, wanting to, you know... He doesn't want to show back up in Green Bay, you know. Arch Manning's disgruntled, and where he won't play for the Los Angeles Chargers or something like that. You know, to, you know who knows what the storyline will be in in uh, two thousand and forty one.
1: Absolutely right. Good job, Shefty. Thanks for jumping on, man. Be well. Thank you.
5: Guys, have a great week. We'll talk soon. You got it,
1: Adam Schefter on the Bryan Heating Cooling Systems Fangus Hotline. Uh, and if you don't know, who he was talking about Arch Manning, the uh, the sixteen year old, who uh, who apparently is the top recruit in twenty twenty three. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know if that's true or not, but that seems to be prognosticating that way. Isn't he like 6'5 at 16 or something like that? Sure. Peyton's yeah.
2: tall. Eli's pretty yeah. tall, right? Those guys are pretty tall. So, hey, man, you can't ask for <laughs> You don't want to get too better. tall, though, right? Well, yeah, yeah, right. You know, ask, uh, what's his name? Uh, what's our boy want to be Denver? the big boy. Boy from Denver. Yeah, the his guy Brock Osweiler yeah, who got all the Memphis. money. Yes, right? yes. Thank you. Yeah, but, hey, doesn't hurt. To have that last name and have those G's in your blood, especially when it comes to playing the yeah. quarterback position. I think he'll be all right.
1: We've got baseball to talk about, some really good games last night, and then another one in the top ten of freak injuries. That's next.
0: Rothman and Ice on the fan. Love crew soccer? Us too. Let's get married and catch every game together. Proud to be your local home for the black and gold. The Van Ohio Sports Destination. Your are home for hockey and hounds. You're listening to Rothman and Ice.
1: All right, here we go with another weird freak injury. What is going on here? Zach, please, All right. I mean, I can understand, like, pinching a nerve or, you know... I get that, you know, you you ripping your jersey off or something. It just, you know, something doesn't feel right. Tweak a little, little lat pull, some sort of oblique. Uh, did you see this injury here, Maddie? Oh, I saw it. All right, so this is this is I don't know where this goes in our bizarre injuries. It's more bizarre that we just talked about this, like a week ago. It was one of CB's truth questions, I think. About freak injuries and which one... And I gave the Plaxico yeah, Burris... Yeah, uh, with the brace. Yeah, right. He was the one with the video games? No, he oh, punched no. the uh, bench. Oh, punched the bench. <laughs> Who was the dude that, like... Some guy that, like, hurt his hand playing video games. I don't remember. That. Anyway, I gave Plaxico Burris with the, the gun and the sweatpants and the nightclub... And yours was automatica grammatica, right? The ACL leap. <laughs> Cele-
2: yeah. c- celebrating a touchdown in the first quarter of the game. Not to win a the kick. game. In the yeah. first quarter. Field goal is crazy.
1: Uh, so anyway, the Indians have placed right-hander Zach policek on IL because of a what they call a non-displaced fracture of his right thumb. So they're saying the injury happened while he aggressively ripped off his shirt and he caught his thumb on a chair in the locker room on Sunday. Yeah. Uh, he started the game against the Twins. Not good. Five runs, three and, a, three and two-thirds. And then the swelling in the thumb never went down. He did the x-ray, revealed the fracture. And then it got pretty swollen, and that was it. The wheels fell off. He's in, he now has to go meet with a hand specialist. Who is this, Dr. McKegney? and specialist he had some good years on Wednesday to learn more about the prognosis his injury puts the rotation now you got McKenzie demoted on Saturday he's down here with us in Columbus they already plan to use the bullpen use a bullpen game to fill McKenzie's turn in the rotation now they need a starter on Friday to fill Plesak's turn and then they're going to need a starter on Monday because they've got a twin bill against the Shy Sox
2: J. Lou, get ready, big dog.
1: Exactly, you, you read my mind. So the rotation is clearly pretty good still with Bieber and Savale, and then you have the rookie Hensius, and now they have to, yeah, they're going to have to dip down. Yeah. Uh, so so now he was very good, right? He he well, was on the wrong side of those no hitters, and then yeah, and then obviously well, uh, got close on his own. You mentioned the. The last outing
2: against the Twins there, but the last four outings five outings leading up to that mm-hmm. he was really good he was really good getting to at least the sixth inning in each of those last handful of outings leading up to the last one so this stinks for sure and this you combine this with Fran Mel reyes being injured there and perez being injured you know the guy the battery behind the dish and that big thump in the middle of the lineup you just obviously don't want to start adding things up now savale went up to mm-hmm. detroit yesterday and put out he's really a, good a really good outing yeah. against the tigers and that absolutely needed to happen but the domino effect of this and does that wear at all on the staff and on the bullpen and we'll just have to wait and see what act going to be down for a little bit of time but that's why the whole Tristan McKenzie thing stings as well because for whatever reason it just hasn't clicked for that guy and those are the guys right at the bottom of the rotation when you get past Bieber a lot of people have confidence in a guy like Tristan McKenzie really solidifying that rotation there with no longer having Kluber there and Clevenger and Bauer and the names that we were so used to calling over the last handful of years. These guys, Sack and McKenzie we're going to have to carry a very large load for the season to help out this offense that has kind of struggled throughout the year. They've had some good moments here and there, but nobody's really looking at this mm-hmm. offense as a juggernaut right now. So this no. was always going to be the safety net for Cleveland and right now there's a little chink in the armor with this rotation and we'll see how they handle it. But last night up there Against the Tigers, Savale said, "I got us for at least one night."
1: Yeah, and he almost had the the first complete game shutout of his career. Yep. Uh, he he went out there in the ninth. He put a couple on, and then check gave us a little wild ride. Bases got loaded. It was four to one, but then he snaps that curve off the table for a flyout. But Savale against Detroit, he just owns them. Just absolutely owns them. um Two one nine ERA, eighty one WHIP. You know what they hit against him, what Detroit's hit against him in, in six games?
2: I'm gonna go a buck seventy.
1: You're close, one eighty five.
2: Oh, okay.
1: Yeah. Um okay. your your guys, and I know we'll get to this after the break, your guys taking out Mad Max. Clutch, clutch hitting, and then obviously great pitching and great relief pitching. Uh we'll talk about that when we come back. And then still defensive Ben Roethlisberger, from whom we'll let you know next. Rothman and Ice on the
0: fan. The offseason is a myth. Serving you 24 hours a day, seven days a week to feed your sports addiction. The fan, Ohio's sports destination. The hardest working show in the business. Or at least at this station in their time slot. This is Rothman and Ice.
2: Welcome back, yet Matty Ice, Anthony Rothman. We'll let you know about a cool opportunity coming at you in July. The Basement Doctor Cardale Jones Celebrity Softball Game presented by Rikert Automotive is coming to Huntington Park on Saturday, July 17th. Join Buckeye greats as they swing for the fences to benefit the Buckeye crews for cancer. Each ticket sold gets you a chance to win a cabin on the 2022 cruise head of 971 the fan.com for all the info ar before we get to the reds before we get to big ben and one of his teammates coming to his defense i gotta update you on what tom brady is doing Mm -hmm. because i don't know if tom brady is day drinking with avocado tequila right now but he's on one on twitter right now he just dropped this meme and i love it i'm giving it a chef's kiss right now because yesterday we talked about the Brooks Kepka, Bryson DeChambeau thing. We played the audio of Bryson clacking his cleats behind uh, Brooks there and Brooks is all ticked off and cussing up a storm like a sailor. Well, Tom Brady decides to drop this meme on his Twitter not too long ago. He put up the picture, the screen grab of Brooks Kepka and Bryson DeChambeau and he caught it as soon as Brooks has his eyes closed and that was the moment of frustration Mm -hmm. and he labeled Brooks in the picture as Aaron Rodgers. And then in the background, he's got Bryson walking by, uh-huh. and it says, the Packers kicking a field goal down seven. This is incredible. I love this. I love that Tom Brady's adding to the drama. I'm all for it. I love pettiness. I love drama. This is incredible. Can I ruin it a little bit for you? No, no, no. Just no, a little? No. Just a tiny no. bit? let me Just have this moment. Just a tiny bit. No,
1: let me have this moment. Uh, no, you can have the moment, but I'm going to – okay, can I ruin it for Tom a little bit? There you go. They were down eight.
2: Well, look. As we know, Tom is in the back end of his career. He struggled this year with what? Right. Not knowing the down and distance where he held up the number four in that yeah. in that game, I think against Chicago. So we're yeah. that we're, we're matter, to that but point.
1: Looks, it's okay, right? It doesn't matter. I mean, the math doesn't matter. I'm just, you know, <laughs> I, I mean, am I wrong about that? I'm pretty I sure. Don't know.
2: I gotta, I to check yeah. it out. You
1: got well, your I, math direct. I'm ninety nine point nine. All right, CB, get on it.
2: CB's on it. He'll let
1: us. Know. CB, just confirm that, and I'll take it out if I have to. <laughs> He wasn't listening. He doesn't know what we're talking He's about. He's like, what? What? He's what? like, what were you guys talking about? I'm finding speedos. You really man. don't know. No, I was working on the read he there. Was I was finding send in the, the information speedo. on the read. Yeah, but do that during the break. Not on the clock. <laughs> I can't yeah. memorize the time I'm if I kidding. don't. I'm kidding. You're on the clock during the commercials. Oh, Even when you go to the bathroom, you're on the clock. You're yeah. good to go. And you are probably shopping for another, yeah, man. as Maddie said, something skimpy. Hot pink. Something low rise mesh, perhaps. Like I said, you
2: got to get the people what they want. Right.
1: I mean, I, I heard him talking on the phone ordering one the other day. He's like, 38s? Uh, These are 34s, and they're loose. What do you mean 38? Got a 30 back there? Something in a low-rise bikini mesh if possible. Oh, man. Um, Anyway, I, yeah. I, I think Tommy's got to redo his little meme to make okay. it accurate. I'll take it, though. I'll take it, though. I, absolutely. Yeah, I, and he's poking it. it, and that's the way to go, and that's yeah. fine. That's that's <laughs> the way it should should happen but uh oh, that's great. Uh, but anyway, CB just to bring you up to date on the show. Uh we were talking <laughs> about uh what were the Packers down with a little over 2 minutes to go in the championship there when Aaron should have, you know, taken off didn't then fourth down. I I claim they were down 8. I think the math. Yeah. What works out to be 8. Yeah. But but Tommy on his little meme his meme of meanness goes Packers kicking a field goal down 7. The game ended thirty-one twenty-six. 31-26. Yeah. So they were down eight. Oh my goodness. See, you're incredible. I told you he's he he didn't know it was fourth down and now he doesn't know the score That's of the what game. I just
2: said, yeah, he didn't know it was. Shefty
1: fourth down. didn't even correct him. Said the goat <laughs> already is very much into the match. I'm going to oh, I'm gonna have to drop a line to Shefty. You're the reporter. Get Shefty's going to have to interject some journalistic, you know, authority into this thing. Let's get it right. Um, this is what's going to sell, man. Uh, okay, now I got the song and mental picture of Marky Mark feeling in the studio in my head. That's amazing, Ryan. So Ryan was the only one that caught my uh, boogie nights. You got the touch. You got the power. He's the only one that got it. Yeah, well done, Ryan. Good catch today. You know what we should do, Matty? Yeah. We should have some sort of prize. Some sort of cheap prize for when I throw out some indiscriminate movie line somewhere and somebody is like the first to get it on Twitter and then we send him some sort of gold star sticker from Rothman and I. Something okay, we'll stick. I don't know. Yeah, something. We do stickers here, apparently, from what I know.
2: Yeah, man, absolutely. Um, I'm still trying to get our, you know, in the office T-shirt cooking up. I think about that all the time. In the orifice, we we take the exact car from Training Day. You're you're in the driver's seat. I'm in the passenger seat. We got a a nice little microphone hanging from the mirror. I got like a broccoli chain on. You got like a dog leash chain on, and this thing just works, man. Like we got to get Scotty Vegas on this thing. A
1: broccoli chain. (laughs) What? You can't be serious, man. man. You cannot be serious.
2: (laughs) some iced out broccoli man like that's what i, I want to wear so i think that t-shirt would be pretty clean oh man. my goodness
1: oh that's pretty funny <laughs> all right where were we um oh yeah tom brady freak yeah. accidents all this stuff um where was I going with the show about a second ago? And I've lost pictures. Tom Brady hit. threw it all off. Yeah, of
2: course, because he's yeah. off the avata- avocado tequila right now. He's throwing everything off. We can hit a little Reds and let's hit a little. big oh, yeah, I'm sorry. You, no, yes, you mentioned reds. You, you mentioned off the top there before we went mm-hmm. to break how. Look, if you're the Reds, you go into Washington on what, you know, the national feel every fifth day is Wednesday, the same way, you know, Cleveland does when Shane Bieber takes the bump. Like you feeling like you're walking out of there when that twenty seventh out is recorded with a win. And the Reds go in there and steal one and Castellanos has a solid game and Farmer goes bridge in the game as well. So you'll absolutely take that and especially um when you're talking about the week that they had prior where they got their teeth kicked in all week by the Giants and the Brewers throughout the weekend. So they got to find a way to scratch and claw and they're dealing with some key injuries mm-hmm. as well. Just the way Cleveland is with Senzel and Vado and the list just goes on and on and Moustakis. So, uh, the guys up top are doing it. Yep. You know, uh, David Bell made a move yesterday to put Suarez up there in the top of the lineup. He hits a home run to the opposite field. So no, you absolutely all day long when you walk out of a game and Max Scherzer's on the bump and he's got an L next to his name after the end that's a win for sure
1: you nailed it that that is the lead you beat scherzer yeah you beat scherzer and you beat him on i don't even know if they were mistakes but because farmer was on the inner half that's a turn and burn first pitch fastball just waiting on it now then he looked phenomenal you know so i don't even know if i would call that a mistake And then you guys started chasing that fastball. Uh, Suarez had struck out twice. Kind of like Luplo in the Indians game. He had struck out three times. And they both delivered. And they both delivered. (laughs) All right. Now, if I remember, Luplo was a a 2-0 pitch, so he was ready. He was sitting there. And Suarez was 1-1. Now, that was 85, outer half, no movement. But I love the way he went opposite field. Like, just went with it. That's what you have to do. And they both... Um, Farmer turn and burn on the inner half. Yep. Suarez on the outer half, going opposite way. And then your boy Antone. Huh. Uh, the fl- by the way, that flutter curve yeah, is amazing. Good. And then the wiffle ball slider yeah. is something to behold. He's and the then team. Sims did the rest. Yeah. Well, because Amir
2: had to come in and scare us with that. Josh you Dull love home that. Run.
1: love you love i don't love that nothing maddie taint nothing but a g thing
2: (laughs) you know know i want ag to come back i've been calling for it all year he's been very very up and down to say the least and it got tight got a little prickly there when that ball leaves the yard off josh bell's bat who kind of haunted us as reds fans where he was suiting up for the pirates for a hand a couple of years there but they got it done and they needed it man just a deep breath kind of situation and you pick up any win like that like you said against Mm -hmm. serger and with the injuries you'll take it all day long man
1: all right let's update the standings for the folks out there uh cleveland a game and a half behind the white Sox. we already talked about uh the indians now in their rotation situation uh we got the red legs just four back i mean if you look I and mean, it's everything's pretty tight in the central with the cards and the cubs being a half game back and the brewers being two back and then there are the reds yeah like they're right there it's weird they've got a lot more to leapfrog Um, than Cleveland, because Cleveland's three clear of KC right now. Yeah. And they're like eight clear of the Twins. So it's a two-horse race in the central of the American League. And then certainly your Reds are still hanging hanging in there at four below 500. Cleveland is six over 500. Yeah.
2: Well... CB's not gonna like this, but us Reds fans, we need some more help from the White Sox. And what we got yesterday, because the White Sox taking down mm-hmm. Lucas—I'm uh, sorry, Jack Flaherty—on Ace Day for them with Lucas Giolito and Jack yeah. Flaherty. By the way, AR, that story you. is incredible. By the way, where you talk about Jack Flaherty and Lucas Gialito being high school teammates, and then their pitching coach now being, I believe, a part of the White Sox staff—one of those teams—he's a part of it. It's a really, really cool story. And Max Freed, pitcher down in Atlanta, was also a part of that. So these three guys have turned into teammates, and Jack Flaherty and Lucas Giolito have had incredible years as aces uh, for their teams this year, and I know Jack Flaherty got roughed up yesterday, he but did. outside of that, the dude has been incredible all year long, but that's a special story. like yeah, You is. don't see that, right? Where no. guys go from high school teammates, and no. they get all the way to the pros and become dominant aces. <laughs> it was cool to see them go at
1: it yesterday. It was very neat, and too bad he got rocked. Yeah, I, I mean, for him. He's yeah. on my fantasy team. I mean, I was yeah. rooting for the Sox, but he was on my fantasy team, and uh, he did get cracked. As 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 did I, um, yeah. So anyway, that's that's a a good situation that both baseball teams are hanging in there as we approach June. Which yeah. you know, I, I guess we thought maybe they would. Uh, your boy Castellanos' twelve game hit streak. Uh, all right, quiz kid. Here's another one for you. You know, I'm always full of nice little uh, nuggets for you. Uh, what is your boy Casty hitting over the twelve game win streak?
2: I'm going to go with a cool. 378.
1: I think if I have this correct, it's pretty impressive. I've got him at 5'11. Oh my goodness. So my man well yeah. short on that. Now, here's another. Here's for for extra credit. You can actually you can come big with this. See how close you can get. Over Casty's 12-game hit streak as he's batting over 500 with six two-baggers and three dingers. What is the rest of the team batting average during that span. So basically since May 12th, he's batting 5'11". What is the team batting? Jesse
2: Winker's been on one, so they're going to get a little boost from that because he has been just a robot out there in a good way. But overall, I'm going to say the squad's probably at like 280-something.
1: Yeah, I can't give you the points for that one. 219 okay yeah it's rough it's yeah. rough
2: in the streets but the heart of our lineup ain't there I know. like what I'm looking at this lineup and you're asking Kyle Farmer and Jonathan as a rookie to carry the load and all that like they got to get Moose and Suarez I'm sorry and uh, Votto and Cinzel yeah. back that's it and then it gets everybody back to where they were at the early portion of the season where they were kind of a feared offense for the beginning of, of this year but the division isn't lost it's not lost yet mm. and like you said we were kind of anticipating them being right mm-hmm. around a 500 team yep. and if they're scratching for a wild card Spot at the end of the year, I think it's an absolute success. But the signing of Nick Castellanos has paid off and then some. And I know he's got the opt out at the end of this year, which is going to be a thing. And he may put up incredible numbers, and he may want to move on. But I think they should do everything they in their power to keep this offense intact for a couple years, if they can, and then shore up the pitching staff around it because they go into a series with this offense, man, and they get some more legit pitching. Then, then, then I think they can become a a legit squad. I just happen to think they got too many holes right now around the pitching staff.
1: Who is defending Ben Roethlisberger and who is going all in on the anti-Tebow train? That's next. Rothman and Ice in the Fan.
0: If you consider yourself a Buckeye fan, you've come to the right place. This is your Heritage Sports Talker and home of Ohio State Athletics, the Fan, Ohio Sports Destination. Movie references you may not get, even if you saw the movie. This is Rotman and
1: Ice. All right, a little bit about my friends over at Jermaine Honda of Dublin. Uh, great folks. Uh, tooling around in a pilot. Told you about me, I moved to Chicago with my dad and how great it was and fuel mileage, comfort, uh, safety, practicality, cargo space. Got it all. Uh, and the passport is as sporty um that is a very cool ride you got to check out the uh the new honda passport as well i told you about the new 2022 civics they're going to be uh they have this week maybe they have them already uh check out their new vehicle inventory and their used inventory marcello is the man over there his team of people they want to help you out as i told you before the car business is a funny business it's um certainly the bottom line is sales but remember this isn't about just selling you one car. It's wanting you to buy your cars there, and your family cars, and your kids' cars, and and all of that. And they get that, and that's why there's no such thing as is just uh, letting one go and having somebody have buyer's remorse. That's not what it's about. It's not what it's about at Germain Honda of Dublin. Talk to these people, and they are the right people. So check out the inventory. Uh, and here's the here's the great news again. They are open on Memorial Day. Uh, go grab a hot dog. Go grab a burger. Get a ride. Uh, take a test drive it'll be a lot of fun for you germaine honda of dublin.com you can go now and look at their inventory and view their specials as well but it's always about um what it means after the sale that's what it's about they want you to be happy uh they've got by the way hundreds of pre-owned which are very tough to get right now so see my my man jerry over there in pre-owned he'll take care of you marvin as well and their team, and the beautiful part is a little gap wedge between the two, so you can bounce back and forth between new and pre-owned. At your main Honda of dublin.com just south of 270 on Sawmill. Go see him Alright, you mentioned this to me about Ben Roethlisberger and and one of our guys, former Buckeye Cam Hayward, coming to his defense again. Defends him from um, who, Matty? Just the people that say he can't do it? I mean, what is there any reason to keep defending him now? We, we have to see in- it to believe it, right?
2: Yeah, well, that, that I'm with you, but according to Cam Hayward, he's mm-hmm. sick of it. Quote, when I hear the bad-mouthing about him being a not-great mm-hmm. quarterback and everybody is re- ready to elevate other quarterbacks, I'm like, what have they done? This guy mm-hmm. is a proven winner, but yet we're ready to discount him. I'm not surprised by this reaction. I get it. You're supposed to ride for your guy. And look, Big Ben has done a ton throughout his career to earn a certain level of respect But I do think we're to the point in his career where it's okay to question what we're going to get from Big Ben. And I think it's based off of health and what we saw a year ago. I've got so many question marks uh, around this Pittsburgh offense and what they're going to do, and not to mention, they're sprinkling in a new offensive coordinator this year with Matt Canada, and that's a name we recognize here in Big Ten country, and now he's on in the NFL, obviously, with an opportunity. So the combination of what we saw from Big Ben and his health and all of that The lack of a running game last year, uh, moving pieces around along the offensive line this offseason. I've got questions, so i got to see it. So I understand what Cam Hayward is doing, and I understand the emotion when it comes to backing somebody. That's your guy. I get that, but Big Ben's going to have to prove to me that he's still that dude the way Cam Hayward believes that he is. I can't sit here today on the 26th of May and say, yeah, I believe that Big Ben is still one of the top dogs around the
1: league. Well, they got to protect him and they need a running game to do that as well, and that's why they got Harris and hopefully for them the offensive line will be better. But no one is arguing that Ben is better than what they had. Mason Rudolph, Delvin Duck Hodges. Right. Like they of course he's better than them. You would think I know there's some intrigue around Haskins second act on whether he can have one. Mm-hmm. But let's not let's not confuse questioning Ben Roethlisberger because he was coming off major elbow surgery that required re, you know repairing three torn ligaments in his throwing arm in his late 30s, and that he sucks. Like you can you can you can question that his arm is not the same, no. and that's right. okay. Like he can be really good in the short passing game. But eventually, you got to be able to zip it. And now they've got a defense, and maybe they'll have a running game that will take some pressure off what he used to be and what people think he can be still. The problem with Ben Roethlisberger is that he had a cannon, Mm -hmm. and now he's got a cap gun. (laughs) Now we'll see if he can fall somewhere in between those two, and I'm kind of in that camp. I don't question his desire. He's in, a, he's in a, uh, a division now where he is not the incumbent. He's the chaser, which is weird. I dropped on the show last week. He may be, from a ranking standpoint, the worst quarterback in the, in the division right now. Not from experience and want to and knowledge. Not that. Just pure talent mm-hmm. that you can extract from him right now. So, Roethlisberger doesn't have the same arm. That's a fact, uh-huh. Now, we'll find out. Maybe an off season. maybe the strength of it, maybe the rest of it is going to help him. And then, can he go through an entire season pain-free and be effective? Those are all wait and see. So I'm with Cam on the people that are throwing him in the garbage can. I'm not in that camp. The people that think he can be the Big Ben of old, I'm not there either. So well, let's find out which, which uh, side of the line Ben is going to fall on when we know he can get through an entire season. And I think it's totally fair to
2: question the arm strength. You look at the yards per attempt, last couple of years, 5.7, 6.3. So we're not pushing the ball downfield the way Big Ben has been a big play specialist and that's gonna have to be what the guys up front protecting him like that's it like that's gonna make it all work as if they can push people around and they had that incredible 11 and no stretch leading up to Washington who was their first loss of the season and they got punched in the mouth by Chase young and company because Washington's defense held the Steelers to 21 total rushing yards in that game Anthony McFarlane racked up only 15 yards there so so if that doesn't change, then I don't see much changing for the Steelers and unless that defense is just all-world and is holding other teams to 17 points a game or 21 points a game, mm-hmm. and they can kind of skate by with this. But if they don't have dudes down there in the trenches throwing people out of the club, then we may have some issues there. But I think Najee Harris is going to be a guy that can bail out Big Ben in certain situations with his ability to catch the football based off what we saw at Alabama. So there's a new wrinkle in the offense, and that absolutely helps. Helped out Big Ben when Le'Veon was there and you had a running back that was a serious threat in the passing game. So the five dudes in the trenches, that's the key to me for the Steelers' success. And if they want to get off to a great start the way they did a a year ago, if they ain't blocking anybody, this ain't Kyler Murray that's going to be able to escape pressure. Or Lamar going to be able to escape pressure. Big Ben ain't going anywhere. He's never been that guy. Now we're talking about a 39-year-old quarterback with a bunch of injuries on his body. Those guys, man, they got to get it done, and they got to play at a high level because that defense, I believe, will be there. And if they mm-hmm. can protect him with a running game, then I believe we will see a solid Big Ben this year.
1: There's a lot of pride over there. I mean, they don't they don't like to hand away seasons, that's for sure. And they are right in the middle of a transition phase. The, the Ben Roethlisberger swan song, what will that be? And then where their future is. And it's almost like one of those things where – you don't want to think about your future, but you have to. Got to. Because you still have him there. So you feel like, but for how long and how effective? And that's what will be. But the Steelers are definitely the chasers now. I mean, certainly I'm not putting them below Cincinnati in my mind, but there is a... They got work to that's, do. They got work to do. There's no gimme anymore. There's no gimme for them and, in the division. And speaking yeah.
2: of give they are... Last year, they had the second easiest schedule in all of football. This year, they've got the toughest, according to uh, NFL.com. So they got to really grind this thing out, and the start to the season is obviously going to be big to them if you look at some of the key games they've got early
0: on.
1: OTA's down Cincinnati. Joe is out there with the brace, but throwing it around. We'll check in with Dave Lapham next. Rothman and Ice on the fan.
5: This is Ohio State basketball coach Chris Holtman on your home for Buckeye basketball, The Fan. The Fan. Ohio's sports destination
0: A former country club tennis pro and a high school baseball player. Don't be too impressed. You're listening to Rothman and Ice.
1: All right, welcome back in, Anthony Rothman, Matty Hayes, and our guy down in the Queen City, radio analyst for the Cincinnati Bengals. He is Dave Lapham. Lap, good to have you.
6: Anthony, Matt, how you guys doing?
1: Doing fine. Thank you for jumping on, giving us your feel. We know that a lot of hype around Joe Burrow being back with that brace, but let me start with the offensive line, um, right in your wheelhouse. That second round pick, Jackson Carmen. You think he'll be the starter at right guard when when this thing kicks off? I think there's a chance.
6: You know, I don't think they're going to hand it to him. I think that uh, you know their feeling is that everybody has to earn it and uh, earn their positions and. They basically lined up uh, with, quote, like a first unit just to start off mini camps. Um, and that had Xavier Suofilo at right guard and Quentin Spain at left guard. And identity in the number two group, identity played uh, right guard and Michael Jordan played left guard. And, and then, you know, to, just to get some, uh, you know, some reps, Jackson Carmen is in there at guard. So, you know, he's at the at the lower end of the totem pole, but that doesn't mean that uh, by next week <laughs> that will share quite a bit. I think, you know, they want to see how many guys have position versatility. They have as many as seven offensive linemen that's played tackle, either in the National Football League or during the course of their college career. So they have guys who can play, you know, inside and outside. And then um, any of the guys that are candidates for the center position can also play guard. So that's a must in today's NFL from an offensive line standpoint, It's position versatility because you know, on, on game day, a lot of teams only activate seven, um, so you got to be able to play more than one spot in the league these days for sure.
2: I'm sure Bengals fans you know, are counting down the days, so they see that first connection in a real game between Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase. I want to hit you up, Lap, about how you think they're going to use Jamar Chase. Is that a guy that you think uh, that he'll be inside, outside, short passing game? How do you see him being implemented in this offense this upcoming season?
6: Yeah, I think I think any and all of it, really. I mean, I think primarily he'll probably line up as the as the X receiver, you know, the split end in the in the wide three wide receiver set, flanker and slot on the other side, and then the split end out there by himself. And that that's what AJ Green, that's the spot that he lined up in. So I, I think Jamar Chase will predominantly, you know, line up at that spot. But just like AJ. Uh, he's capable of playing inside, uh, you know, motioning to any any spot in the formation. And honestly, looking at him, um, he's he's most dangerous after the ball's in his hands. I mean, he's built like a fullback that runs like a four-three, you know, four forty. He's a unusual guy, hard to tackle, uh, very compact, you know, just over six feet tall and over, well over two hundred pounds. So uh, he's a he's a force out there in space. When he has the ball in his hands, so I think they're going to try to come up with a myriad of ways to, to get the football in his hands. Uh, whether that's uh, you know part of the running game, uh, when they—I'm not saying line them up at running back, but you know reverses, um, screen passes, which is an extension of uh, of the run game. I think they're going to try to get the ball in his hands any way they possibly can.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of fun. I mean, you and I and Maddie talked about this before the draft. You know, it was it was. Was it anything against Chase? It was like we thought they had the certainly the need at offensive line, and, and Sewell was there. Um, they don't take him; they take Chase to reunite him with Burrow. So now, you know, they've got to try to, you know, make something out of this offensive line because you can't have anything close to what happened when Joe was getting got injured. Uh, he's back now. You got to see him throw the football. He um, will we know, Lap, what he's really made of until the bullets really start flying psychologically. He's a very tough-minded kid. Um, we know that he's going to give everything he can to, to get back to being 100%, and we hope he'll get there. But what about from the psychology of it, being able to step into that pocket and plant that left leg again? Does that take time, or does that just um, once he knows it's it's strong and it's 100%, he's going to trust it?
6: Yeah, I think, I think that's the big key is, um, they're they're gonna go bend over backwards not to overdo it not to do too much too soon. When he threw the ball yesterday, he didn't take any snaps under center. It was all shotgun. Um, you know, it kind of minimized the footwork, but he did he did you know he take a shotgun snap and and take another step drop or two and plant and transfers weight and throw. And I was trying to think, you know, okay, if I were coming back from a knee re- uh, an ACL reconstruction, would I prefer right knee or left knee? Because well, right knee, I got a yeah. You know, all my weight is on my back foot, and then I have to push off really hard and try to transfer. Then you go to the transfer leg, and, and, you, and you have to, you know, you flex that thing, straight, and then it torques. So, I mean, it's six, one half does another. I mean, I, I guess mm-hmm. bottom line is you don't want either one of them injured, but you're checking boxes along the way. And I think he's at the early stages of the boxes, but the big box that has to be checked out, they, they're not coming close to letting him even be touched. Uh, You know, when Joe Mixon lines up in the backfield, they motion them out of the backfield to make sure there are no extra feet and legs to get tangled up back there. If the ball hits the ground, a poor snap or something like that, they're trying to keep him about 10 yards uh, clear of other bodies every way they possibly can. So until in in my mind, anybody coming back from that type of surgery, that first contact is the final box. You got to take a hit. You got to go to the ground, you get it up and say, yeah, okay, and survive that. That's the last box. I'm ready to roll.
2: Lab, one guy I'm really interested in is the rookie in Chris Evans out of Michigan. We saw him, you know, for a short amount of time up there playing for that team up north, and he's a guy that has a little spark to me. Like, are you fascinated at all by what he could potentially uh, bring to this offense coming out of the backfield a little bit there?
6: Yeah, I mean, I think he could fill the role of Giovanni. Bernard you know, I think he's a guy that uh, is a natural catch of the football. Um, It'd be interesting to see if he's as, good as in blitz pickup as Giovanni Bernard was, because that that to me was the thing that separated Gio from most third down backs. Is he stood in there and, and stuck his you know nose right in the middle of linebacker's chest and blitz pickup? I mean, he was stout, uh, unusually so. But And that, that gave them, you know, a, a, very, uh, a very unique weapon because teams thought, okay, well, we're going to get him in a mismatch in blitz pickup situations. It really wasn't a mismatch. So that gave the Bengals a little bit of an advantage uh, in terms of getting other guys in, in one-on-one coverages when they're trying to blitz and take advantage of Geo and maybe lacking in protection when he didn't. So that, that part of it is going to be interesting. But, man, in terms of catching the football, You know, it sounds trite, but it's true. I mean, he catches it with his hands. I mean, he's a very, very natural catch of the football, and and he's really good with his routes. Um, You know, he's beaten linebackers and safeties routinely, and they saw that down at the Senior Bowl. That's where that really stuck out to them when he was down there. So I think think he's going to have a role. And, and, you know, Gio also had a role on special teams, and uh, when you're in the situation that he's in as a late-round pick, as a running back, you are going to have to, do your share on special teams. So see, see if he's um, you know physical and, and does enough to handle that part of it. So it's going to be interesting to see how it all unfolds for him. But in terms of his sheer weapon out of the backfield, catching the football, and even lining him up as a slot receiver, he can definitely do that. I mean, he's cut the short space quicks. You know, he sinks his hips, gets in and out of cuts, gets separation, low center of gravity. I mean, he, he's – I mean, he's got a, a potential to give them some significant snaps for sure.
1: All right. Well, he, with the final one on the other side of the ball, um, you know, the defense was as big of a concern as maybe the offensive line. And you know, you add Hendrickson, Ogunjobi, um they're going to get a lot of guys back from injury. Um, what do you expect if healthy? How much better this defense will be?
6: Yeah, I think I think that. Uh, the, the thing, the common denominator with all of the edge guys uh, that they got in form of defensive ends and outside linebackers that will put their hand in the ground and rush nickel packages and everything is, is how hard they play. They're all everybody's familiar with Sam Hubbard. You guys are obviously very familiar with Sam Hubbard. Dude plays with his hair on fire, and that's what that's what they've got. I mean Henderson's uh, that way, a size that will size that way. So that 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 stood out. I mean that stands out. And, and to me, the other thing. Again is position versatility. What Duran is looking for is what Bill Belichick has with the New England Patriots and he's got guys that he doesn't have to substitute personnel to give you much different looks because they're so gifted and they can rush they can set the edge in the running game, they can rush the passer and they can drop into coverage. So you can you can morph from a three four to a four three to everything in between, four two five, whatever you want to do, and, and, um, and you have to be have intelligent players that have uh, athleticism that gives them position versatility, and you can cause a lot of problems. And Belichick does such a great job of taking the best thing that you do away uh, offensively with his defensive game plan, and he can change game plans from a series-to-series series basis without even substituting personnel, basically because these guys can do more than one thing and, and that gives them uh, such a big advantage. So I think that's what Lou Naramo is trying to get to. And uh, with with some of the personnel that they they picked up in the last couple of free agencies and, and drafts, uh, I think they're getting closer and closer to that. So he wants that that you know front multiplicity. He wants to have offensive linemen coming off the field, taking their helmets off, scratching their head, and a coach sit, sit, sitting there in front of them with a grease pad, uh, trying to you know figure out what how the hell to block it, you know and and have them just in a state of confusion and, and that's uh that's what he's trying to get accomplished and it'll be interesting to see if he's getting closer.
1: Yeah. Good stuff. Good stuff with Dave Lapham, uh former Bengal, radio analyst as well. We thank you, Lap. Be well. We'll talk to you soon. Have a great one, guys. Appreciate it. You got it. Always with us. Dave Lapham. Always good to have him on the program diagnosing Cincinnati. It, it's Certainly there's a lot of excitement about Burrow coming back and adding Chase and what they can be offensively. But that defense has yeah. to improve, Maddie, yeah, And that offensive absolutely. line has to keep him upright. Those are the two biggest priorities, and hopefully that'll happen. All right, we'll come back. We'll hit a bulletin. That's next. Rothman and Ice on the fan.
0: Season ticket holder from day one. Us too. Now, now and forever, your flagship home of the, the Columbus, Columbus Blue Jackets. The fan, Ohio sports destination. Rothman and Ice present...
5: Buckeye Policy. Sponsored by Logan AC and Heat Services.
4: Don't go through another air conditioner breakdown. For fast, friendly service, call the experts at Logan Services now for a free estimate and next day air installation.
1: All right, Buckeye Bolton time. Uh, We'll do a little pre-over-under here on Ohio State's schedule. So you got Minnesota, Oregon, Tulsa, Akron, Rutgers, Maryland, Indiana, Penn State, Nebraska, Purdue, Michigan State. Michigan, those are your dirty dozen. And the over-under win total for this year right now. This is from at Covers. And this says Ohio State's win total is 11. So you get a push if they get one loss if you take the over and you get the win if they go undefeated. I think you got to lean towards... The over. Yeah. You got to lean that way. You don't feel unbelievably great about it, but the only way you lose the bet is if they lose two. Right. That's my tiebreaker. Yeah. Like the only way I can lose is if they lose a pair. Mm -hmm. And I can't find a pair on here. Now, I I know that it's possible to lose to Oregon, but that game's here. I know it's possible that Indiana could give them a game because that's what they do. And that's in Bloomington. What's that? Those
2: Hoosiers. The
1: feel-good Hoosiers?
2: I'm with you, though, man. I'm with you.
1: The feel-good Hoosiers are are knocking on that door. Um, But that game's in Bloomington. And then Ohio State would come back and play Penn State. I, you know, so, I, I think, you
2: know. I think, I think the, this little trio of games, that Maryland, Indiana, Penn State game has the potential to get interesting. Now, a lot has to happen with Talia Tungavailoa bouncing back and being more consistent with, with what he showed last year, but they showed some flashes of being a fun offense at mm-hmm. Indiana, at Penn State. There's always a game that gets weird that we're not expecting to get weird. I've been kind of waving the flag at week one for Minnesota, not that I'm saying that they have they're going to lose the game, mm-hmm. but I'm just saying any conference game, man, sometimes you just never know. So that Maryland at Indiana, home against Penn State. Only little, one is at home, though. I mean, only one is on the road. I get it. I get yeah. it. I'm just saying. We always we didn't see Iowa coming. We didn't see Purdue coming. There's always one that gets a little sticky. I saw Iowa coming. Year, year in and year out.
1: I told you that. I saw Iowa coming. You were on the show that day. I don't remember. I was pulling
2: yeah. the CB looking for Speedos probably. That's
1: right. That's <laughs> right. <laughs> looking for thongs. Thong, 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 thong. I like the CB way. CB is looking for thongs. Thong, thong, thong. Now, if
2: CB comes back and he has the silver hair like Cisco, then I'll sign off on that. Uh, if no. you're going to do it, go all in like AR says. If yeah. you're going to do it, CB, go full Cisco with the platinum hair, too.
1: Mm. <sighs> no comment? That's a lot there. I, I, I wish I could he's see He's thinking face right about now. a retort, but he hasn't done it yet. <laughs> um... So anyway, but the tiebreaker is two, and you're right, we haven't seen... Here's the thing you got to remember, though, and I, I know you do, is that if we do get semi-packed houses or packed houses this year, yeah, a Maryland coming into Columbus, the potential of that is a lot less with what we're expecting this fall. Don't forget, like, and I remember we I, had those conversations it. last summer about will there be more upsets or less. I always thought there'd be more. I don't know if we uh, scientifically proved that or not. I am with you. I'm not putting any. I'm not putting
2: the Buckeyes on upset alert. I'm just getting our bodies prepared for that game to where we go into halftime and it's. You said Goldie Gopher is going to seventeen. Hey, I'm just saying any of these Big Ten games, mm-hmm. one of them's going to get mm-hmm. weird. It happens every single year, and it may be Indiana again. You're right because they like to throw up a fight, and with Coach Allen and Pennox coming back, and that offense that was special mm-hmm. last year for them, we'll see if they can do it
1: again. Buckeyes sure, will be but... coming off a bye before that game. By the way,
2: I just always prepare myself for once a year something getting a little prickly, and we didn't expect it. That's Let me I'm tell saying. you
1: this: you got two weeks to prepare for Indiana. I'll I'll just—I want that out there right now. You probably won't need it, but Indiana is is going to be competitive. We know that, but you get two weeks to go into that game. You don't win that. Something's wrong, right? It's like it's like when I told Carp. He talks about that Northwestern game at Evanston. I go, well, you did take him to OT, right? He didn't like that. Oh, on that, th- we'll on that thick that thatch over there in Evanston. Uh, yeah,
2: I can't stand that. Man. Yeah. I can't stand it. Uh, what else? Cut, we- the grass, Pat- cut the grass,
1: Patty. The big high-top black cleats and let the grass grow. Yeah,
2: yeah. Incredible facility oh. they got looking over, man. Their practice facility mm-hmm. is ridiculous. But that the thick grass they got, come on, what are, what are we doing? I understand the, the tactic behind it. But let's get out of the
1: 1980s, Patty Fitz. Let's go. Have a nice medium to slow. Tra- you want to have that track at a medium pace? <laughs> So you want to play that game at a medium pace. We got a five-star visit. Uh who is this CB? JT Tuamoloa?
3: Yeah, he is the number one player in the 2022 class. It oh. kind of prolonged his
1: visits because you mm-hmm. couldn't do it during the dead period. 6'5, 280, defensive lineman.
2: Like DJ we Will
1: be visiting Ohio State. This uh the intention has been reported by 247 Sports.com going to take five official visits to each of the star players five final schools which also include Alabama, USC, Oregon, Washington Mm. and all of those visits happen there's there'll be some uh, we'll probably whittle down that list a little bit but who knows but recruiting is just starting for a high state when it comes to the class of 2023 as we zip the years by so i will have a busy month coming up here in June we're going to host a lot of players mm-hmm. and find out who they want and who may want them.
2: That's it, man. That's it.
1: That is today's Buckeye Bulletin.
2: Let me hitch you up about my friends from Star Energy. Do you get a power bill? Are you a sports fan? Of course you are. You're listening to our wonderful station here, and you think you can pick a winner. I guess the answer to all three of those is yes. I'm here with my guys from Star Energy. And I got an offer for you that you don't want to miss. Join Star Energy and you'll get a great fixed price, all green energy, and no early termination fee. And here is the best part. You get to pick the team of your choice to win its champion chip. And if your team wins, you win 150 bucks in energy credits and they'll even give you 25 bucks. If you're wrong, look, it's a great, great, great electricity product anyway. And they're all sports fans over there at Star. So they juiced up this thing by letting you pick and win. Come on, guys. Again, it is free to pick. And I want every sports fan to go to Star. Call 833 dash go dash team, the number three. And they'll make picking your team and signing up with Star as easy as Anthony Rothman's drive down the fairway on every single hall. Call 833-GO-TEAM, the number three, right now. And Star even has a no-obligation free sweepstakes going just for calling. in. that's it. If you think you can pick a winner, then put some fun in your electricity bill and some money in your pocket. Go check out the wonderful folks over there at Star Energy.
1: All right, we'll come back with a sports center update. We'll do a deep dive. Um, Bob Kraft defending something again, and the NFL may want to have a little chat with Shannon Sharp. That's next. Rothman and Ice on the Fan.
0: Most shows just skim the surface, but Rothman and Ice feel like the biggest story of the day deserves a closer look. It's time for A Deeper Dive.
4: Sponsored by United Dairy Farmers. Miss filling up before gas prices went
0: up? Get UDF Slow price lock with U-Drive.
1: All right, welcome back in. Rothman and Ice, Anthony Rothman, Maddie Ice-Hayes, CB. Uh, it's like Vegas in here. There are no windows, so I can't tell what it looks like outside, but I, I hear we are going to get a... Uh, Storm rolling through here, and then Friday a nice, a nice dousing on Friday. So I can S- confirm, my friend, it's oh. dark. Okay, all right, dark where dark. you are. All right, it's um, the way man. you like it, though. Nice hunkering yeah. down, dismal <laughs> Look, dark, as uh, I've told b- you bereft before, bereft of hope.
2: As I told you before, I was raised next to Bane and Batman in the League mm. of Shadows, so they have built me for these type of moments. I've eaten plenty of carrots. I heard that helps your vision at night and all of that good stuff, so I'm well-equipped to hold it down in the dark, man. I got us. Don't worry right. about it.
1: Yeah, Maddie. when Chekhov saw the long winter, he saw winter bleak and dark and bereft of hope. That's you. Uh, Maddie, Maddie can't imagine a better fate than a long, lustrous winter. That will be coming eventually. Yeah,
2: no, yeah. I don't need I don't need any more <laughs> winter than we already get. But I'm okay with a couple days. It's a little cloudy and it's not blazing yes. hot. Like I'm kind of looking forward to this weekend. We're we getting like 65 this weekend. Did Big Saturday, like yeah,
1: we dip down into the 60s, okay. and then Sunday should be absolutely beautiful, Gorgeous. 70s and sunny.
2: Dare uh, I ask, yeah. my friend, what we're looking at for next week with the memorial? <laughs> kicks off, because we know how that usually works. I haven't looked it. Usually rain and bugs, yeah, rain
1: know. and cicadas well, may, yeah. make make it appear. No, I think if we're in the 70s next week, we'll be good, but who knows? Okay, okay. Who knows?
2: Yeah, I guess apparently the cicadas are on their way to dunk on us all. I haven't heard anything yet. I haven't seen any of these things flying around, but I remember them as yeah. a kid, man. I remember when they hit, and that was, mm-hmm. uh, that makes you feel a little grimy, a little grimy. Yeah.
1: Well, that's when you want to hunker down. So will Zach Plesak. We'll do a little uh, Jimmy Buffet on this uh, deep dive here. We'll hit you a couple things. Zach Act not good. Um, he broke his thumb aggressively taking off his shirt. Um, something that Maddie probably did back in the day, but had nothing to do with baseball. Mm. Um, Terry Francona just made uh, that announcement yesterday. Pretty bizarre. And he he broke his thumb on his throwing hand undressing. <laughs> yeah, <it's- laughs> I mean, that's it. He's going straight to the I.L. Um, it, it, he had to get x-rays so he got a broken digit taking off his shirt and now it's going to cost him a couple weeks if not months who knows uh, they don't expect him they don't have any timetable right now I don't know and uh, it's a weird injury it's, it's one right up there with uh, you know blowing off a digit with a firework or bringing a gun to the nightclub in your sweatpants and blowing a hole in your thigh or mm. uh, tearing an ACL celebrating a field goal jumping <laughs> up and down whatever you know there's a, there are a lot of them out there Oh, We've gone man. over. I mean, Brave starter Oscar uh, Oscarino broke his hand punching the bench, but sure. that's in frustration. Why not? Uh, this one, you know, ripping off your jersey, and I guess if if this is this is what I I think happened. And CB, baby, will tell me more. I'm thinking so. If he if he's ripping his shirt off, and then the thumb came crashing down on a chair, like he was just too close to the furniture, that could happen. That's if you believe that that actually happened. How else would it have Eh, happened? Maybe maybe they're just kind of twisting the story. Who knows? Uh, It's an interesting angle. I like it. But why would you twist the story into something that makes you look dumb?
3: Maybe the original reason was even more dumb. Even
1: worse. (laughs) Exactly. Right. Could be
2: even worse. I can't
1: even think of anything that would be how you could break your thumb in another way that would make it. Worse than oh, taking goodness. off, than undressing.
2: Cleveland Indians fans are probably yeah. like, are you kidding me? Drones, t shirts, yeah. and hand injuries. Just all of that. Just not working Bauer a couple years ago with the drone and him leaking blood in the middle of the game on the mound. Was that up in Toronto, I believe, at the time. And now we've got t shirt gate with a finger clipped by, uh, for Zach Plisak. But in all seriousness, man, this is a, this is, this is bad. This is bad, right? Cause I, I think he has really kind of figured it out. Out over his last handful of starts and now somebody's going to have to step yeah. up and deliver because uh, it's such a key uh, to what they want to do. But yeah, overall, man, just a wild yeah. wild headline when I saw it. I couldn't believe it. I had to double down on reading it and not just actually skimming through the headlines saying "Wait, what? How did this happen?" Uh sir, it's very unfortunate, man, cuz he's got so much promise, that's for sure. Uh
1: the NFL may want to have a little chat with Shannon Sharp and Fox Sports and and all of this. Um and, uh you know, I don't know if you're familiar with who runs that business, but I can assure you it is not the Boy Scouts. And they they do want to find out. His Shannon Sharp's phone interview with Julio Jones on Undisputed um, sparked a lot of feel about th- th- that he was blindsided not knowing it was live. We don't have that confirmed, but that's my gut on it. And according to... Uh, Front office sports, the interview put a strain on the relationship between Fox Sports and the NFL, and the Falcons were blindsided by it. Sources told FOS that the interview undercut Atlanta's negotiating position as they explore moving Jones, who's been linked to possible trade rumors since 2020. The Falcons are not going to be happy with this, and they will express their angst to the NFL. Payback's too strong a word, but they will hope for some kind of stroke down the road. In terms of repercussions for Fox Sports, I don't know. I guess they could end up in the doghouse. This is their the league TV partner. I mean, everyone's NBC, CBS, ESPN. They're all part of the club. So if that means less access and cooperation um, from the team and other NFL clubs, who knows? I mean, the worst case scenario, Maddie, would be um, for anything weird with an NFL TV partner, which would get you some poor like matchups or whatever nobody knows yet whether he knew he was live or whether this was just... I said the other day, this is certainly a miscalculation. I'm not here to tell you that Shannon Sharp tried to dupe Julio. He's, he likes him. He's friends with him. There's no way he would want to do that. I think he just miscalculated when it's a guy calling a guy and the other guy on the other end is like, didn't feel like asking, are we live on the air? The way Shannon played it off... It was kind of like, hey, a bunch of us just sitting around and I can call you up on my cell. This isn't a producer calling. By the way, it wasn't a radio show. It's a TV show. So why would Julio Jones think he's on air? Why would Julio Jones think he's on air if a TV host called him on his cell phone? Doesn't make sense. If you're a guest, you're a guest. You're a Zoom link. And that didn't happen. And so I I don't... if, If there is a chance... And Shefty told us earlier... And this was taking it all the way to the extreme. California is a two-party consent state when it comes to recording a phone conversation, which means that Julio Jones and Shannon Sharp, they would think would have to have knowledge, both of them, that the conversation was being recorded prior to it taking place. And this one was live. So we'll see what happens with that. But uh, so far, we have no confirmation from either side. And at the end of the day, maybe Julio doesn't care. He wants out of there anyway. But I guarantee, Maddie, he would not want... That conversation portrayed the way it was. I don't think so.
2: Unless he just got a ton of beef with Atlanta. But I'm with you. Like I I don't think he probably was like, Oh yeah, let's do this or hey, I'm on the air, I'm gonna, you know, say I'm out of here to hurt Atlanta's mm-hmm. leverage, because to me that's part of it too, right? right. Like if you if you're a trade partner or if you're interested in getting Julio, I should say like now you know for a fact that he's gone, and that kind of hurts Atlanta's leverage as far as the competition that they may be able to get back. So it's really unfortunate, man, that this happened, and it looked like Shannon Sharp was just trying to have fun. It just wasn't the right way to go about it. They could have packaged it differently or even during the break give it Julio a heads up, like, hey, can I call you during the next segment or whatever, like something cleaner uh, than the way that he went about it. So it seems like there there could be a little punishment here for Shannon Sharp. I haven't seen him publicly a address it again. I I guess it's just kind of been as normal for them that they just kind of kept it pushing, and I'm sure he and Skip are looking at this and saying, or at least before all this stuff, saying, hey, this is great for our show. All eyes on us. Everybody's talking about Undisputed. We're getting all the credit for this and everything, but there's obviously heavier stuff uh, that comes along with it. So we'll wait and see, man. It just went from something very lighthearted and fun, I think, to Shannon to now something that's serious, and we'll see how they both handle it. Hey, real quick, because we've been having so much fun with this Brady Rodgers Brooks Kepka and Phil um and Phil Mickelson match coming at us. Did you see the tweet that Brooks Kepka dropped?
1: Oh no, I didn't. Okay. What did he say?
2: So about fifteen minutes ago, he drops sorry bro at Aaron Rodgers. And that's because he's playing with Bryson. This is amazing. This is amazing. This is what we (laughs) wanted. This is what we talked about yesterday, is that if these guys are going to buy into this, or if this is legitimate beef, and i got to take it on the surface, that it's legitimate that there's so much buzz around these two guys' names right now, and I love that Brooks is all in. He can't
1: stand this dude. I started thinking about this last night, and there is some... Brooks shouldn't feel threatened by Bryson based on how many majors he has versus the other dude. But I, I think it's too coincidental that you're dealing with two of the bulky dudes, the, the buff daddies of the tour, as I like to say. They're, that's too coincidental for me. I, feel, I think Brooks does. Now, is he annoyed by the, the, the new buff daddy plays slowly and wants relief from an anthill and wears metal spikes? and has this old school quirky bizarre nature about him with the one-length clubs and all that and 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 the notoriety that Bryson has received based on how far he can hit a golf ball I do I think there is a little insecurity there and I think that the rest that's that I just mentioned that goes into the stew with the with the slow play that's just part of the seasoning on something that he was already stewing about which is you got this new behemoth on tour that that gained all this weight, turned himself into a linebacker, bomb and gouge, wins a major, um, has ads now and selling autograph cards and and all that, and that he's the talk. He's the John Daly. When John Daly came out on tour, the phrase was grip it and rip it, and Daly became a phenom overnight in the early 90s. I think Bryson, now that he has a major, There's a feel, I think that Brooks feels threatened by him. And I think that's where the foundation of this is. Now, I don't think it's all insecurity. I think the insecurity led to, let me pick out some other things that annoy me about him. And I think that's where we are.
2: I'm not all the way there with Brooks being insecure about Bryson. I just think when I see somebody say "Sorry, bro," like you got to hang out with this dude, he's a you know a couple names I can't say on the air. I think that's how he feels about Bryson. To me, Brooks really doesn't have anything to be threatened by when it comes to Bryson DeChambeau. He hasn't done much outside of winning one U.S. Open, which is no slouch, but he hasn't done a ton as far as being one of the top dogs just yet in the sport as far as racking up majors. So I'm not there yet. Brooks doesn't hit me as a guy that's insecure. I have to think he's overly confident in himself. I just think at his core, he can't stand who Bryson DeChambeau is, and that's why I love this, and I love that he threw this out there publicly. When you do this on this day where this big tournament or foursome was announced and you tweet out to mm-hmm. Rogers, hey, man, I feel bad for you. you got to play golf with that guy. That ain't going to be fun. That, to me, is just like, I don't like that guy. Whether I know, he's good why or bad, why? I just don't I like I know, him. but why? And here's because the other. he may not just like who he is okay. at, his, at his core. We've all come across people where— No, no, no where I get that. That's all I'm saying. So but that verbalizing may just be it that.
1: and going public with it against a fellow pro is is where the thing takes another step. I'm okay with him feeling annoyed by him. He plays slowly. I don't like this over scientific crap. He 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 amps up the drama about you know trajectory and all that and all the different numbers and the Einstein of golf. I can understand, Maddie, if he feels like that annoys me. I'm I'm the ath- I'm the athletic golfer. He's the scientific golfer. Usually they keep it to themselves. I'm asking you, why is he going so public with his dislike for him? This isn't like just friendly ribbing. This is trying to make him look bad, and that's where I'm telling you, you've got to get to the psychology of why he feels like he wants to publicize that. Because to me, it's as simple as you can't stand the guy. That's it. I know, but why? I I don't
2: need to go any – because he just may not like – we've all Mm -hmm. come across people we just don't like. Like, they can be great at this and great at that, but I can't stand (laughs) that dude because of who he is at his core, and I think it's that simple to me when it comes to this. That's just the way I'm looking at it, and I love it, man. It's phenomenal. This is great for golf. It really is to me.
1: It's an incredible story right now yeah. and the fact that it's going to play out and, and we'll see if bryson barks back but i like it all right yeah. we'll come back with truth after this rothman and ice in the fan
0: when that alarm clock goes off morning juice comes on the perfect way to dominate your day or just lay around the house morning juice weekdays at six the fan Tell the truth with Rothman and Ice. All right, CB, it's all you.
3: Yes, so last night, Joe West set the record for umpired games ever for a single person. He has the most all-time. Your team's in the Game 7 of the World Series, Mm. and you have to choose between either Joe West or Angel Hernandez as your home plate umpire. Who are you picking?
2: Give me either one. But Here's why I'm okay (laughs) with this, because I would hope and pray that that day, that one Joe West or Angel Hernandez ate like a really bad buffalo chicken wrap for lunch and about 30 minutes before first pitch, they get, oh, I got the bubbly guts. I got the bubbly guts, the BGs. I can't go. So I'll take either one, but I'm just going to keep my fingers crossed that what they ate for lunch would hit them in a bad way right before first pitch.
1: I I can't speak intelligently about this. They're both brutal. I I feel like Hernandez may not be intentionally bad he just is bad and i feel like west there may be something more personal to it so if i have to pick i'm going to take hernandez uh maybe the lesser of the two evils but on top of that give me one enrico palazzo that's who i want umpiring you guys are way too young to even know that reference but i will take hey look it's enrico palazzo just
5: find out right now today is true.
3: All right, so we're about the 50 game mark for most teams. I want to ask
2: you which team has surprised you the most? It could be good or bad. The team in your division, the Twins yeah. suck. I had yeah. no idea that they would be this bad. Like it's brutal. They are really, really bad this year that's a surprise to me I thought they would be much better than what they are Byron Buxton got off to an unbelievable start for them but 19 and 29 right now nine and a half games back from the White Sox sitting up there in the penthouse suite of the AL Central yeah the Minnesota Twins man I thought they would be head and shoulders above where they are right now I'm very surprised by their lack of anything going on right now.
1: All right, I'll take a team that's not in first place, so you may think, like, I'm an idiot. Like, why would you take them? But they're in a division that I didn't think they'd be hanging around, and that's the San Francisco Giants. I really, really didn't. Not with San Diego, not with L.A. And guess what? They're a game and a half out of first, and they're a game behind the Dodgers. When you're in the same division as a juggernaut World Series champ and this rising powerhouse that are the Slam Diego Padres. My guys. Uh, You know I tried to get little Yaz in fantasy, didn't get him. Uh, Dickerson, um, Posey is back, and they didn't have anywhere near the star power of the teams that I'm talking about. But you get a veteran core of Posey and Longoria and Crawford and Belt and, and Cueto, and all of a sudden... The expectations may rise a little bit, but not to the point where I had them a game and a half back through, what have, what have they played? 50 games almost? 50-50 lemon oh, line. 50-50 lemon line. So give me the SF Giants right now as my semi-surprise. You can't handle the truth! So yesterday was National Wine Day. Do
3: you
2: enjoy drinking a glass or are you out? I, I don't think it's for me, and I don't know if I can answer this confidently because I don't even know if I've ever even had a, a, a good wine in my life, so i got to start hanging out with like people like you and James and Bobby to maybe find out, and Bo to really find out what the wine world is about. I don't think your boy's palate is really uh, up on the, the big-time wines in the world, so I don't know if I'm out or in right now. I really yeah. don't.
1: I'd say I'm in. Yeah, I mean, who, who wouldn't like a nice glass of wine? It, it's... I don't. I can't say that uh, I'm into the uh, knowing what what in the world I'm talking about. But I do like. There's only one thing I'll Pinot Grigio. That's it. Okay. Dry white mm-hmm. wine. That's all okay. you need to know. Okay. I think you would like a nice Pinot Grigio, mm-hmm. not a Merlot or a Zinfandel, but a Pinot Grigio. Let me is, is it Merlot or Merlot? I've heard it both ways. It's definitely Merlot. I was, I was <laughs> okay. No, just, just asking. Trying to I need feed. you to educate me. Yes. <laughs> you live for Merlot. Uh, so go with a nice Pinot grigio, Maddie, next time you're out on that. I like it. Trying I like to impress it. somebody. Just a nice dry white wine. Okay. It'll be nice. Noted. Did you say, I know my truth? I know my truth.
3: And a real quick final yeah. one. Would you rather be three feet tall or
1: eight feet tall? <laughs> okay. <laughs> go ahead, it eh? Well, it'd be equally tough to drive. <laughs> right? <Yeah>. I, <laughs> I, I, you know. I, oh. No. Get the phone I'm, books ready, big dog. See, I'm going to roll yeah, with eight I feet tall. I think you got to take the height, just because I think I might be able to parlay that into a nice, fruitful life on a on a stand, you know, in the paint and lob it into me, kind of dude. Oh yeah, yeah, um, yep. So, I mean, this is no knock on anything. I just, yeah, I mean, I got I got to go with boy, eight footers. A little freakish, though. I mean, that is a little nuts. Cause
2: it Here's where my mind goes, A.R. It 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 goes the clothes, too. Because if you're the three-foot guy, like you know me, I'm thinking about the shoes I could get Mm -hmm. for cheap. Like I'd be able to buy kids' jays for the rest of my life for dirt cheap. And on the other side of that, when you're eight feet tall, that's tough to get into a nice little three-piece suit or even normal clothes, man. But you took me right (laughs) where I wanted to go. I would be determined (laughs) to be the best, tallest basketball player of all time. So give me eight feet tall. Who's
1: prone to worse health issues? It's got to be the tall guy, I would think. I would think. I mean, how tall is Shaq? Oh, goodness. Seven, what, two? Or seven? So, I mean, it's not like that much taller. I guess it is.
2: Close it's not, but how foot. about this? Could you become a little, like, as Bob used to say, a what? little dancing little sprite as a running back, like a three-foot could guy? Spry, could yeah. you imagine hiding behind the offensive line like Darren Sproles, but way shorter than that?
1: Yeah. Problem is, if I'm eight feet tall, that means I'm going to be one of the tallest human beings in the world. <laughs> and and that's going to be tough to kind of get around and feel like, you know, yeah. you're not some sort of attraction. For the media. Although, maybe you could parlay that into a name, image, and likeness. <laughs>
2: Oh, my goodness. Hey, real real quick, let me let you know about my friends from uh, Star Energy. Excuse me. And an offer they've got for you. Join Star Energy, and you'll get a great fixed price, all green energy, and no early termination fee. And here is the winning shot. You get to pick the team of your choice to win its championship. And if your team wins, you win 150 bucks in energy credits, and they'll even give you 25 bucks if you are wrong. Look, it's a great electricity product anyway, and they're all sports fans over there at Star so they juice this thing up by letting you pick and win. Come on sports fans, it's free to pick and I want every sports fan to go over to Star. Call them at 833-GO-TEAM and the number 3 and they'll make picking your team and signing up with Star easy as an unguarded layup. Call 833-GO-TEAM and the number 3 right now and Star even has a no obligation free sweepstakes going just for calling in. That's it. If you think you can pick a winner, head on over and Talk to my friends at Star Energy.
1: Yeah, might have to get if if you if you cranked up the small one to about maybe maybe a four footer, we might go that route.
2: We got Jose Altuve for that. Yeah. You know, he can hold that down. He's yeah. about four feet. right? You're going to
1: need a CAT scan everywhere you go, though. If you're that eight footer, you know you're going to take a sharp <laughs> oh, blow to goodness. the head every place you go.
2: I think about sitting in on an airplane, though.
1: Like that's Let's see another another that, reason, right? That's a problem. That's a problem. Uh, Uh, We will talk Big Ten football with Howard Griffith next of BTN and get his feel about this season and beyond. That's next. Rothman and Ice on The Fan.
0: On air. Online. On the app. New methods of consumption. Same great radio taste. Take us with you everywhere. The Fan, Ohio's sports destination. They both like to go to raves with the Bosa brothers. Here's Rothman and Ice. All right, welcome back to
1: it. Rothman and Ice, Anthony Rothman, Matty Ice-Hayes. We welcome on the Brian Heating Coin Systems Fan Guest Hotline our friend from the Big Ten Network, uh, the former Illini great, and the former two-time Super Bowl champ, Howard Griffith. Ho Griff is in the house. You should have played my Vikings, by the way, in the Super Bowl, not Hotlanta. Um, you got a, you got a, you got a gift there, Howard, because that offense would have churned you guys out. Well, we'll never know. But, but you're right. <laughs> we were a little concerned about
4: that Minnesota team because they were uh, were loaded, and we knew mm-hmm. it would end up having to be a shootout if we were going to have to win that one. But things worked out. And we ended up playing Atlanta and yeah.
1: you know won another Super Bowl, so it worked. Yeah. What was it like scoring a scoring a couple touchdowns in a Super Bowl, Howard Griffith? What what kind of memory is that it for was, you? It
4: was pretty good, but I should have had three. Oh. And the on the last one, they called a timeout. They had already called a play. We were going to run a 33 jab, and that would have been my third touchdown. But they said, hold on, wait a minute. Elway hadn't scored, and they ran quarterback draw, and he yeah. scored on that last play. And obviously won the MVP of that Super Bowl. So <laughs> that's the behind-the-scenes story of that one. But the score to two was great.
1: Yes, yeah, got to spread the wealth, Howard. You are you're a selfless yeah. guy, and... I'm uh, happy to be able to bring up that memory for you. What about uh, what's going on at your school? Uh, we'll start there, Brett Bielema, How big of a rebuild is this in your mind?
4: Yeah, you know, I, I think it's a rebuild. Um, I think we'll, them being able to have the the what we're calling now the super seniors back. You're going to have a senior, the super seniors, and the regular seniors that are going to be there. So that's going to give them, you know, an added boost, and and hopefully they're able to get some things together. But you know, look, they've got to turn things around. I think ultimately it comes down to recruiting, and they're going to be playing with a lot of veteran guys this year, and hopefully that will get them over the hump until they're able to really get the recruits that they want and desire into that pipeline. Because Levy Smith and, and recruiting really didn't go together. So, you know, they've, they've got a ways to go. But uh, I think if they can stick to the plan and they're able to control the ball offensively, not turn it over, offensively as well they'll they'll give themselves a chance to go ahead and try to compete
2: you know howard for us man throughout the rest of the summer it's going to be who's the quarterback who's going to be uh the quarterback but we may not know until snap number one or maybe a little bit before uh when coach day wants to announce that but i want to hit you up on outside of that when you look at uh the returning squad for ohio state like what's your biggest question mark man as you look ahead to what uh, the buckeyes are going to try to do this upcoming season
4: so, as you know, as you guys very well know that they have a, a talent team. But the area where I thought there was not they didn't play up to the level that they needed to, to me, was getting to the quarterback and rushing the quarterback last year. Not what we were accustomed to. And they have guys on that roster uh, that could get after it, but needed some time to, to develop more. And, you know, we were accustomed uh, to seeing the Bosa brothers. We are accustomed to seeing Chase Young, guys that were – able to step in and have an immediate impact. And we probably got spoiled from that aspect, but I want to see them be able to have that dominant pass rusher from the outside because I think that's going to help continue to help that secondary as it's done in previous years. So for me, about controlling that defensive line from the edges. And like I said, they've got the players that can do it. I just don't think they were really ready to go out and have that immediate impact that they needed to have last year.
1: Uh, your your thoughts about Michigan here? Uh, they extended Harbaugh's contract. Um, I, I guess though the fine print says that there there is room for a potential way out. I think the buyout is four million after the first year, and um, if if some weird things happen again, um, yeah. there can their defense be better? I know that that, that um uh, who am I thinking? Don Brown's scheme was kind of you know yeah. wearing down there. What do you what do you think about Michigan this year and, and whether they will be a true contender for the Big Ten title?
4: Yeah, I, I can't say today that they're going to be a true contender right now, right? Uh, and you mentioned Don Brown and what they weren't able to do from a defensive standpoint. Sure, they'd go out and dominate teams that they were supposed to, that they had better players than. Uh, Dr. Blitz would really get after them. They'd come up with turnovers. But when they had to play teams that, that, that had winning records, when they had teams that were ranked in the top 10, they couldn't, they were struggling to win those games. You know, they haven't been able to, to truly be able to develop. That that top quarterback, and for whatever reason, I think when you look at them, they've got talent there as well, but has it really still hasn't been able to to work? They've also extended Josh Gaddis as well, the offensive coordinator, who I think you know is a, a is one of the bright minds in the game. But they've got to be able to make something happen. And when you talk about a team that, you know, as you guys know you, know, you talk about Michigan, they talk about winning championships, but heck, they haven't even been in the Big Ten championship game, and. Uh, you know that's a little bit of an issue. So they've underachieved, they've underperformed, uh, and they've got to find a way to be able to do that. Is it going to be JJ McCarthy, the, the true freshman, the five-star quarterback that stepped, uh the early enrolled? Is he going to be the guy that's going to be able to lead them? I don't know, but they're they're going to have to continue to make adjustments to that roster and also to the coaching staff, which they've done. Uh, they brought Mike Hart in to be the running back coach, so they've got to they got to start producing. That's the bottom line. He talked about his contract. At the end of the day, it's Michigan program. The fans want them to produce. Coach Harbaugh wants them to produce, but they haven't gotten it done yet.
2: Anything interesting jumping out to you from the other teams in the eastern side of the conference? Indiana, obviously, with a very solid year last year, put a scare into Ohio State coming down here with Michael Penix in that offense. But is it Indiana for you again, or is there another team on the eastern side that kind of has your interest and you're kind of wait and see mode to see what they can do? Well, I think you, you have to
4: talk about Indiana, particularly if Penix is going to be healthy. They need him to be healthy, right? And then you look at what they've been able to do in a transfer portal. I think they have eight guys that they've been able to bring in that are going to help them offensively and defensively. And they haven't gotten that bump that I think many observers thought that they would get from a recruiting standpoint. So they have to continue to, to, to go out and work the portal and get the right guys that are going to help them immediately. But I think that's a team right there that could jump out and continue to, to play at a high level. They need to do that. You look at Penn State, they've got a you know, they've got a nice roster and really done a good job recruiting and talk about underachieving, but, but what I walked away from last year was yeah, I'm sure that there were some issues in that locker room, but they found a way to fix it down the down the stretch. And I think one of the important things when when you look at that Penn State team is there was you never looked at the, the, the film and thought that they had quit on their teammates and their coaching staff. So they continued to play hard, but they just weren't able to get over the hump. But they were able to do that toward the end of the year. So you know, I think that's going to be a team to watch. You know what's fascinating mm-hmm. is this Maryland team. And, and Coach Enos, who's the, the offensive coordinator right now, he said something to us during their, their uh, when we were doing their spring game. He felt like outside of uh, – no, he didn't say outside of Ohio State because I, I know Ohio State has the best wide receiver group but he felt his wide receivers that he had right now in the room were as good as the wide receivers he had when he was in Alabama. Now, why is that important? They had Smith, Waddle, Judy. They had some first-rounders down there, and they, and they believe they have that type of talent in that wide receiver room right now. So I think that's going to be another team that will be interesting to watch. I think they're still undersized in the trenches, not where they need to be, but I think that will be a team that – with the quarterback comfortable going through spring, going through the summer, that they would be able to score some points this year.
1: Yeah, that—that's the Tonga Viloa transfer, right? He played. Yeah, he was right. First year yeah. starter, right? And you believe in and him? That 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 small sample size that he had was really good. You believe that he is the real deal?
4: Yeah, I think he's absolutely a real deal, and he's gonna—he's really athletic. And now it's about the game slowing down for him and and, and really starting to get the the little things about the game. Now that he has that offense and knows what's going on now, it's still going to be tough because they're not as dominant up front to be able to protect him, But because he has uh, the athleticism and the, the ability to move around in the pocket and get outside in that opportunity, because the reality is if you don't have uh, a, a top flight quarterback, you really don't have a chance. You can win some games but you're not getting into the championship game, and you're not going to win the championship game uh, if you don't have a guy that you can truly depend on at the quarterback spot.
1: All right, well done, our friend Howard Griffith from the Big Ten Network, who uh, once scored eight touchdowns in a game, and unfortunately was tied by a dude from Buffalo who they kept feeding in a seventy-point you know <laughs> game. Uh, although he did, I didn't he have did he have four hundred yards that, that night where he had? I almost oh, Jerry oh, yeah. Patterson, he had an unbelievable night. Okay. And thank goodness that the head coach thought he needed to
4: get the other guys That's involved right. and took them out of the game. Otherwise, he'd have broke the record, no doubt.
1: <laughs> You're right. He would have had nine, and then you would have been a footnote. And that can't be. Right. That can never be. Howard Griffith, our guy, Big Ten Network football analyst. Uh, be well, my friend. Thanks for jumping on. We'll talk to you soon.
4: All right, fellas, stay safe and take
2: care. You too.
1: All uh, the best. Howard Griffith. Yeah. Uh, absolutely. Just a quiet, unbelievably great career that probably. That's why when he comes on this show, I like to accentuate the stuff about yeah, the, the Super Bowl rings. And by the way, that's not just a uh, hang on, get a ring guy. Like that, that yeah. dude, as he said, he should have three three touchdowns in that 99 Super Bowl.
2: Got to meet Howard a couple yep. years ago where you and I went out yep. there for the Ohio State-Clemson game. Good dude, man. Stand-up guy for sure. But I'm glad, hey, he kind of signed off with what I was saying about Maryland. Not anything crazy, but just keep your eye on that yep. game when we get to that window. Because like he said, you heard, they got talent. They remember, they got Rakeem Jarrett, the big-time five-star yep, recruit that's flipped from LSU. Yep. So they're going to have an offense, but that they probably need a little bit more. But you know, when you bring an offense that can get points up and down, that can always make things a little weird.
1: You're a Mikey Loxley guy. Yeah, man. yeah. He listen, they 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 put a scare in Ohio State, that's for sure. Um like you said with Jarrett and Tungavailoa, that yeah. helps. They got a decent recruiting class. Yeah. Um, they may be uh right to knock somebody off. Yeah. I haven't looked at their schedule lately. We'll have to do that and see mm-hmm. maybe who, because they have some opportunities, right? Uh, yeah. playing in the they, they, playing in the East.
2: They absolutely yeah. will. No, they absolutely will. They just they're, they're probably a couple years away from yep. being a real threat, but right now they got an offense that they're very confident about.
1: Uh, we'll come back. NFL two minute drill next. Rothman and Ice on the Fan.
0: You'd think that during a three hour radio show, Man and Bone would say something intelligent. You'd be wrong. Common Man and T Bone. Weekdays from three to six. The Fan. Time for the NFL Two Minute Drill. Sponsored by Dr. Mark Levy. Stop snoring and start sleeping now.
1: Visit sleepbettercolumbus.com today. All right, more recruitment, Maddie, for Julio Jones. A.J. Brown is on the list now. Come play with me and the Titans. So he posted a message to Jones on the gram, as the kids say, telling him that he's fine with him becoming their number one. I'll move aside. He says, Trust me, if you want to carry the load, you can carry the load. But if you get tired, you know I can carry you. Wow, they're the two best friends that anyone could have. (laughs) I like this from A.J. Brown. Like, how many
2: wide receivers do we think would be, you know, selfless enough? To throw that out there. We know how yeah. some of these wide receivers are wired, and look, he's putting himself to the side and saying, hey, come on in, big dog. Like, he knows what Julio Jones is about, and honestly, he probably grew up admiring Julio yeah. Jones, right? A.J. Brown, a young guy in the league, and look... That's why he wears number 11. There you go. I know. Good work so by What
3: happens there? Did, right he, there? did he talk well, about... Well, I think the only thing point. he said he would not do is change his number for
2: him.
1: But I won't do that? He's pulling a meatloaf.
2: Yeah, that's okay. Well, we'll worry. Let's get Julio in the building first, and, and then we'll worry about that. But what we do know, Ar, is their second and third leading receivers as far as yardage went last year out the building. So they got to find somebody to come in there hmm. and help out AJ Brown. That way, they could shift the defense over a little bit because AJ Brown's been a beast. I know he was nicked up last year and fought through that, but he still put up north of a thousand yards. So with no Corey Davis and no John New Smith. I get Derrick Henry is a freak show, and A.J. Brown is a freak show as well with his size and ability, but I do think this would be a nice fit for them uh, as far as balance goes for their
1: offense. Wow, He would do anything for Jones, but he just won't do that.
2: Hey, man, it's the number, man. The number. Hey, these numbers are getting hey, speak, real.
1: Speaking of numbers, the, the real number is 15 mil. That's what Jones is going to exactly. cost. And exactly. the Titans are near the bottom of the NFL in cap space, yeah, so I, I hate yeah. to remind them of that. Cap space but, is
2: fake. It's a fake thing. I'm digging it in on money that right. now. Hey,
1: a mill here, mill there. It, Seriously, go on the street, like,
2: make a move. It, it's not a real thing. The salary cap is not a real thing. So whenever people try to tell us, oh, well, they don't have this, teams can find a way. If they want to find a way, they'll find a way. Restructuring guys, doing whatever you got to mm. do, moving money to back yeah. ends of contracts and all that. The cap space thing has been completely overblown the NFL. It's fake
1: wow it's fake fake salary cap.
2: seriously though like i'm being completely serious though like i really am like i,
1: I can't well, I mean, you mean fake in that there's ways to get around it of legally. course like hard cap yeah. and all that stuff like no get that out of here if,
2: if they want to find a way to get julio
1: jones to nashville they'll get him to nashville Why that hey there there are sales pitches and then there are sales pitches but if i got a.j brown saying i'm gonna slide over like that's big right? that kit that get... for these guys it is yeah man I agree with you. Oh, I absolutely. <laughs> what else agree. we got going on? What else do that I? Have that was the big. That, that was kind of the big deal.
2: Well, um, we do have this. We kind of yeah. mentioned it earlier with um, with Shefty, but kind of some Niners news real quick before yeah. we got it with Jeff Wilson kind of being out here, uh, expected to miss the start of the regular season. This is an opportunity, right, for Trey Sermon. Like, the, you know, Jeff Wilson was their leading rusher last year. Now, look, I know they had injuries, and Raheem Mostert still almost caught him as far as yardage goes with less games, but he was their running back. And now Trey Sermon going into a place to where they run the rock, he's got an opportunity. So you got that for former Buckeye AR, and Nick yeah. news on Nick Bosa he's expected to be ready Good. for the beginning of training camp.
1: All right, that'll do it for the NFL two-minute drill. Maybe the Memorial will slide out some more commitments today. I don't I don't have any confirmation of that, but hopefully maybe you'll hear like Spieth, Victor nice. Hovland, maybe a Patrick Cantley. Okay. I don't expect Brooksy, though. I don't expect Brooksy, and I'm, a, I'm a little bit concerned about DJ as well. That's a But problem. you will have Bryson. You'll have JT. You'll have Xander. You'll have Rory. You'll have Romer. You know... Okay. But uh, I'm a little worried BK about DJ. Eh, I don't think nice. you're going to get Brooksy, dude. He's going to got ice that knee, dude. Got ice that knee. He got dinged by the fans, remember? Or well, maybe he'll just come and try to dunk on Bryson. Maybe they just fight on. The yeah, course. He's going to save That'd that for fun. the open. Okay. All yeah. right. We'll dip out of here. We'll come back tomorrow high noon. Rothman and Ice in the fan.